0: Hey everybody! You are listening to the We Are Rising podcast, your source for all things Rising—news, features, interviews, reviews of fights, etc., etc. This is your host Andrew Benjamin, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights.
1: Hey y'all! How's everything? How's everything going? Is what I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> uh, how you doing today, Christian?
1: Even though as of yesterday, which is in my mindset, I mean, mean, as of yesterday, if you're listening to this in real time, my Houston Cougars lost in March Madness in the Sweet 16 to Kentucky. But other than that, I'm doing all right. How about yourself?
0: Not bad. The weather up here in New York is fantastic. It's 60, but it feels like it's Texas weather. Yeah, well, well no, ju- yeah, the humidity, and it's just, it's, it's, this is, this is so far the best weather it's been so far, like, this year. It's like, I could go out in shorts and sandals and a t-shirt right now if I want to, I would feel great.
1: Well, hey, just be glad that it's gonna be like that for the rest of the weekend, and you won't have to worry about the freezing
0: temperatures that's gonna happen for WrestleMania next weekend. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, luckily I'm not going to WrestleMania. I'll be inside my friend's house, who in his nice warm apartment, to watch it there. I won't be freezing and possibly getting wet. What like what might happen on uh, on a uh, WrestleMania day, uh, Sunday, April 7th, I believe. So, uh, yeah, good luck to all those people who are going to be uh who are going to be out there in New Jersey, in the cold. I hope they can survive. I did it once a few years ago, WrestleMania 29, Rock vs. cn 2 You know, I was happy I, I did the WrestleMania show. I can't. I could not do it now. It's just, uh, you know, what is it? Seven, eight hours a show goes on, and then going to Jersey. I just, I won't, I could not, I honestly would not be able to just mentally do it at all.
1: I understand because no disrespect to the people of Jersey, there's a, there's a fucking reason why they call
0: it the swamp I know you can disrespect Jersey all you want I I hate traveling to Jersey I don't anytime I have to go to a wrestling show or work in Jersey it's just it just a just a, a a cloud of disappointment always comes over me because it's just like I have to go all the way there and it's you and then it's you always have to go through a bridge or the tunnel. And it it feels like, even though Jersey's so close to New York City, it feels like you travel, like, four hours to get there. It feels like it takes forever just to get there.
1: Luckily for me, when it comes down to the state that I live in, if you travel three hours, you're in the middle of the state.
0: Oh, uh, that would be Dallas?
1: Well, actually, from here, from where I'm sitting in Galveston County, Texas, if you travel three hours like eastward, you'll be traveling to San Antonio or Austin.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Is Austin still is Austin still like the Well hip-
1: actually let me go ahead and rephrase that. Oh. I meant to say westward. If you're traveling eastward three hours, you're traveling all the way into Louisiana.
0: Oh, I see. Uh is Austin still the the weird hippie hipster uh like area that it once was being i guess marketed as or has it is it not like that anymore
1: it's still a hipster city but they have basically made it into an industrial hipster city with all these restaurants and obviously sports teams and shit like that Basically, they made it into, I mean, they made it into a workman-like city, but it's still a bit of a hipster vibe. And when it comes down to the topics that we were talking about, we, I mean, just like our last episode that we did, we're basically just, you know, shooting the shit. Mostly because of the fact that Andrew's got some interviews lined up for later dates on his SoundCloud account. Uh, we are rising SoundCloud account and Stitcher. And
0: we are just basically jotting down the days
1: until Rising Fifteen, which is going to be coming up Easter Sunday, April twenty first. Yes, and also
0: Stitcher. Don't forget the the, the, the great people at Stitcher who uh, also hosts the uh, the show. Uh, but yes, we do have a bunch, and uh, they they will roll out slowly. Don't want to say right now because I don't want to jinx it. But uh, we do have some things that are supposed to be happening very very. Sh- Shortly, uh, as early as today, and then I'll hopefully be, uh, be able to be listened to sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah, uh, one of the topics uh, we have a t—there's uh, quite a few topics, uh, non-Rising-related topics that we're uh, looking to focus on. Uh, first one I want to talk about was uh, uh, the passing of uh, of a Japanese mixed martial artist and sumo uh, wrestler and pro wrestler. Koji Katao. Um, you heard about his death, uh, right Christian?
1: Ah, uh, yes, I have heard about his death as a matter of fact. They're saying that he died due to renal failure back in February, but the news just came out about this now over a month later.
0: Yeah, and I actually uh, what I my understanding was that that had to do with something with um Buddhist tradition, where there has to be time to mourn privately, and so apparently that's that's not an unusual thing for Japan, where somebody dies about a, a month a, a month before uh, a, a month they announce it publicly a month after the actual death, and yeah, that's apparently. I mean, a, I mean, yeah, I get that. I get that it's
1: Buddhist tradition, but when the news came out about. H.E. a.k.a. Hayabusa, passing away,
0: everybody knew that shit instantly. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I, th- I think sometimes, you know, it's easier to get some deaths, you know, some deaths under the... Like, let's be I don't think a lot of people were, paying, were, were playing close to Koji Katao as he uh, near, like, after he was done with MMA, sumo, and pro wrestling. Hayabusa was still on the radar for a lot of Rest, uh, rest in the wrestling world you know he still made public appearances and was still in the public eye so like I think in that case it's a lot harder but you know a lot of, you know basically after like I guess uh pride uh, Koji Kato kind of like disappeared um I do did I think he did a few pro wrestling shows after but yeah he kind of just he kind of just uh quietly um retired for, uh, from the public life.
1: If you think about it His last I think his last Public appearance If I'm not mistaken As far as the world knows Was probably That tie 3 fight He had with the
0: Colossus of the road Nathan Jones mm-hmm.
1: In which he made That giant son of a Bitch tap out
0: mm-hmm. Um. Yeah uh, he did Um. He did return uh, He did return As a sumo So okay so uh, This is a Tao is a very interesting figure in all aspects of combat sports um, He was six foot seven about 300 pounds maybe maybe a little bit more um, But he was gonna be he was a sumo wrestler and was probably could have been the next Well the next big Yokozuna actually that's another thing as well. He achieved the rank of Yokozuna without going through the usual motions of becoming a yokozuna which my understand uh my is that is that's not a very that's a very unusual thing you have to work yokozuna is the highest rank for sumo and you have to work your way to there but he was basically given that title without actually having to uh, go th- go through a lot of the the rigorous um um requirements for yokozuna um and um uh, he got uh, discharged from his uh, yoku uh, from his uh, sumo um, camp because apparently he got into a fight with his uh, his uh, coach and the coach's wife and then one of the sponsors. He apparently assaulted them and then was kicked out, uh, out blacklisted from sumo and then he went into pro wrestling. Uh, he went to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling where. Um, he uh, again was. He was kind of a. He didn't want to. Uh, he didn't want to take any losses. So what happened was, was.
1: Basically, he was a known burner of bridges. Exactly.
0: Yes. He he was he was the low key of of Japan at the time. I guess you could say. Um, and uh, yeah, he mm-hmm. he apparently um, refused to do any any jobs and take any losses. Uh, he also um. He, he called uh, Ricky Chosu, for those that don't know, famous pro wrestler from Japan, is actually Korean. But he took on a Japanese mm-hmm. name because there was a lot of racial tensions between Koreans and Japanese. So to basically... Yeah, dating back to World War Two, if I'm
1: not
0: mistaken. Exactly. Yeah. Well, basically, anybody who was not Japanese, if you're a non-Japanese Asian and you were in Japan, you were are basically... A, you're... you're, you're you're not even. You're not. You're. You're an outsider. You're an outsider to them. Um,
1: oh, you mean kind of like those Mongolian wrestlers that wrestle for New Japan? I think one of them was named Blue
0: Wolf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so what happened was that uh, uh, he apparently called uh, uh, Chosu uh, Ricky Chosu a, a derogatory name for Koreans and uh, got kicked out of there. And then uh, he then I believe he then went to. Um, uh, all Japan pro wrestling. Let me double check on that. Um,
1: well, actually, he spent a little bit of time in all Japan pro wrestling before the first exodus, which was Super World of Sport, which was a co promotion of uh, Megami
0: Sunglasses and Jinichiro Tenryu. Oh, yes, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Super World of Sport. So, um, that was a uh, Um, he also, for those that don't who are wrestling fans, uh, pro wrestling fans from WWF, uh, WF pro wrestling fans, he was, he did make an appearance at Wrestlemania 7, uh, in a six-man tag where he teamed up with Genichiro Tenryu. No,
1: actually, it was a tag team match. Oh, I'm sorry. Genichiro Tenryu versus Smash and Crush, Brian Adams.
0: Yes, yes, you're right, you're right.
1: Demolition.
0: I whenever I think of demolition, I just always I just always remembered three people, so that's why I thought it was a six-man tag match. Um, but uh, for this Super Bowl of sports, he had a very uh, very famous uh, infamous I'll say match with uh, Earthquake, um, who also, yep, who was also with WWF um, a wrestler for WWF, um, and um, what happened was that. He was supposed to lose this match against John Tenta. Um, Now, also, for those that don't know, Earthquake, John Tenta, was a sumo wrestler as well, but he wasn't a high-ranking sumo. He was kind of like the the curtain-jerker sumo wrestler. So, you know, not that, you know... not, not Yeah,
1: but if you think about it, dude, John Tenta also played college football, so that was probably the reason why he a low rank
0: in sumo. Oh yeah, yeah. Um but yeah uh, yeah so when uh Citau was uh what w- w- was told you're gonna be losing to this to this guy He's like I'm a better sumo guy than him. I'm a i I'm better I'm better at this I'm a better uh fighter than him. Why do I have to lose to him? I don't I don't wanna lose to him. And um you can find this this on uh on the internet, the video of it. Uh look up uh Earthquake versus Koji Kitau. And uh, during the match, uh, Kitau told tried to shoot on Tenta. Now here's the thing: Tenta himself was considered one of a, a, a an ex, an expert shooter, uh, real fire as well in in his time, um, being of his sumo background, and also he had a he had a wrestling pro wrestling uh, a amateur background from uh, I think it was LSU. Louisiana State, I believe. Um,
1: probably so. You might need to search that, but probably so.
0: Um, yeah, Louisiana State. He-
1: getting back, getting back to the Catal incident, the incident, the incidents actually, because there were two of them, back to back on back to back nights. They were probably the cause of you know people wrestled with Spain and all that shit, and that's why he went to the UWFI, Shoot Wrestling, where he gained kind of a name for himself. And then he went on to wrestle for wrestling association bar, Wrestle Enrollment, which is one of the most famous, infamous promotions in professional wrestling in Japan, and also stars like Yuji Yasuka Ora and Rey Mysterio Jr., Hubin Tukuleva. Lance Storm, Chris Jericho, all those names.
0: Still one I think it's still one of the most
1: there. The up mo- until I'm sorry to I'm sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> it's kind of my thing. Yep. But yeah, Coach Catal Russell, all the way up until his nineteen ninety eight retirement, which included doing those UFC fights and those MMA fights.
0: Yes, yeah. Um by the way, just uh, I just wanna also say that WrestleMania Romance probably one of the most underrated promotions in my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, um, he did. He fought at the UFC 9 show, which the main, had the main event of one of the worst MMA matches of all time, Dan, Dan Severn versus Ken Shamrock. I think that was the one that went to a, a no contest or a draw, if I remember correctly.
1: It went to a draw because of the rule set that, because of the rule set that I think the Michigan State Athletic Commission and the Nevada State Athletic Commission came up with in light of the late John McCain, the Maverick, calling UFC Ultimate Fighting, Cage Fighting at the time, Human Cockfighting.
0: Yeah, I, and yeah, they basically. I I remember I rented that that VHS of it from Blockbuster Video, and was really excited because it was Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock. I was so excited to see this match, and they just basically stared at each other for about thirty minutes. And, were, was, and it basically was like... It was like a a, a, a grapple fuck match about the grappling because they were also... I think Ken Shamrock was in Dan Severin's guard for like maybe 20 minutes of the match as well. And they were doing nothing. It was a terrible basically,
1: match. Basically, to put it in a more adult sense, Andrew, it was like you were watching a porno with no action.
0: <laughs> yeah, a porno... A, a, a gay porno... Yeah, yeah exactly. It would have been porno would have been much more exciting. Um... But uh, yeah, so this, uh, this wasn't, uh, just to um, uh, bring a little bit back though, that wasn't his first uh, MMA match, he, his first MMA match was at Universal Valley Tudo Fighting, where he uh, lost to Pedro Octavio, um, and uh, basically got knocked out by uh, elbows, but in th- his UFC match, UFC 9, against Mark Hall, um... Mark Hall was about maybe 180 pounds, 190 pounds. Kato was 300. This was so. This is when they were still doing, you know, you want to see a sumo guy versus a boxer and all that stuff. Um, before it became like like it was. They were doing those types of fights. So basically, the, the what happens during the matches when it starts, Cattell runs at Mark Hall, Mark Hall blasts him in the face with a punch and he breaks Cattell's nose and it basically explodes with blood. But Cattell takes him down and is trying to like ground and pound him, but then the referee stops it uh, about forty seconds in and weighs off the match um due to uh uh due to the all the 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 injury that's yeah, he ba- do that in- to uh, gain that uh, that uh, that nose injury that he got, um, and then yeah, he had one more MMA match, and it was at the de- debuting Pride show where he took on Nathan Jones, uh, one of the worst pro wrestlers ever to grace a pro wrestling ring, and uh, submitted him with a key lock, um, America Americana. Now. I've heard that this match that they had was a worked MMA match. Do you think it was Christian, or do you have any? Do you think? It, do you have you heard about that at all?
1: Wait a minute. What was a worked MMA match?
0: His his match with Nathan Jones at Pride One.
1: Oh no, no, no! I don't think there might be some. There might have been. Some speculation as to whether or not the first set of Pride events, you know, before they became big big, big and they bought in Lenny Hart to be the stage announcer and all that, they I mean those fights probably might have been a work. Maybe not, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that Kochi Catal e. Nathan Jones fight wasn't a work.
0: Well, you know who said... who has and said... He's in
1: my categories?
0: <laughs> well here's the thing You know you're, uh, I don't Don't get angry at this When I bring it up But um, Dave Meltzer has says That this fight That that match Specifically Was a work Oh fuck Dave Meltzer I knew you were going to say that <laughs> um, <laughs> I did watch the match It is on YouTube um, You know It's very hard to tell If it's, it is a work Or You know If it's real You know I I I would say it's most likely real, but if if, if if it was a work, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I have been watching a lot of UWFI. Oh, well, here's another thing as well. Speaking of uh, UWFI, uh, it is uh, the there's a whole bunch of matches that are available on Amazon Prime Video, um, under the American title Bushido: Way of the Warrior. Um, and it has English commentary and English graphics. Um, but um. Yeah, so, basically, yeah. So, when you watch those matches... I find that funny. I really do find that funny that the videos are now
1: on Amazon because of the fact that the Bushino where the Warriors series never aired in the U.S. It only aired in English-speaking territories in Europe, well, especially the U.K. and Ireland.
0: Um, I don't... The English commentators don't... They sound American, so I'm like... I wonder if these were like... Remember how, like, Noah would have those those English those English commentary things for, like, fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, so maybe it's kind actually,
1: of... Actually, I mean, if I remember correctly, those were... I mean, you're probably referring to the Fight Network commentary with Maul Ronaldo and Joe Dombrowski. Uh,
0: yeah. Um. Yeah, so it, I, I forgot the commentators' names for, um... For, what the, oh, what, the hell was that? Hold on, we're getting a call from uh, Joseph Matos. Oh shit! Here we go. Hello, Joseph. Hey. Uh, hey Andrew. Hey there. Uh, funny. Uh, we were ju- we we're, we weren't talking about one yet, but um, we were uh we when we discussed one, we'd be happy to have you. We're still talking about uh, Koji Katao and UWFI, unless you want to chime in with anything on that.
2: Koji Kutsu wasn't he that dude? Wasn't he that sumo wrestler who got who got kicked out of like SWS or something? Basically, correctly?
0: we went over yes, <laughs> we went over yeah, all, all that.
2: And that he was trying to beat up Hicks and Gracie before uh, Takata could. Yeah, he got his ass he got his ass whooped.
0: We yeah, we were just talking about UWFi as well. So we had we were yeah. talking about all that. Um, yeah, if I, yeah,
2: if there's if there's one thing I remember, I remember Chris Charles saying that if he wasn't an idiot, he would have been a big star in New Japan during the nineties.
0: I don't know about New Japan, but he definitely would have been a big sumo star, uh, given this yeah. his size and. Um,
2: yeah, I, I know. I mainly saying is I think Chris said he was with New Japan at one point, and he got fired.
0: Yeah, he called Ricky Chosu a. Uh, yeah, he
2: worked with New Japan at one point, Joseph, and he got fired for basically, you know, being an asshole.
0: To to the Booker Ricky Chosu calling him a derogatory name for Koreans supposedly. Um,
2: I bet Ricky Chosu was like. I got. I'm gonna be extra stiff.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, But I got you. I saw on Twitter you want to talk about one. I I think. Well, actually, before we talk about anything else, uh, Christian, is there anything else you want to say about Koji Katao or anything else before we move on?
1: Well, you know what? There's another thing I do want to talk about when it comes down to you know sumo wrestlers in in the May because there have been plenty of sumo wrestlers in mixed martial arts like. For example, Aki Taro, aka Chad Rowan, and Henry Centauri Miller, and people like those. But, I mean, who do you guys think was the best sumo wrestler to ever step foot in any type of MMA ring or cage or what have you?
2: Hmm. Alright, your guess is as good as mine. As my knowledge of GME is only around like around a certain extent around pride So I wouldn't really know much around the No
0: Holds Barred era Um, I think, the, well wasn't, well hold on, uh, for, for, you mean a sumo wrestler who transitioned to MMA? You said?
1: Well, not just that, I mean, what I'm trying, I mean, fuck What, am I, what I'm basically saying is the best big man, like 200 pounds, like 260 pounds stout heavy scent. Who do you think is the best
2: big man to ever step foot in MMA? Because oh, the way you were phrasing it, I thought you meant uh, anybody who were sumo wrestlers who were trying to transition.
0: That's what I thought. That's what I thought too, Christian. Yeah, because, because for sumo wrestlers, it's a, of saying, I it doesn't it's a... really
1: transition well to sumo wrestlers. It transitions to
2: all big men. You know, guys like Zulu Zinho and Bam Bam Bigelow and... Oh, okay. uh resurrection in video. Bam Bam Bigelow in an MMA fight against. Oh, what was that? What was his name? Rico or something like that?
0: that... Kimo Leopoldo. Yes, Kimo. Jesus Leopoldo. Um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I don't know if there's really any, like Big Man, I guess. That's a tough one. Like, we, like, I'm trying to think of, like, who... The problem...
2: Because, Wait, I got an idea. Let's go like, like, uh, uh, DeHovers, hold on, hold oh, on, hold on, hold
0: on. Christian, go first, Christian.
1: Yeah, because what I'm trying to basically say is we now know with guys like Bob Sapp, Osunarashi Kintaro, a.k.a. Abdul Rahim Salam, and Balotokai Hoverson that...
2: Big guys can go.
0: Well, I think but... I think. Um, well, hold on, Joseph. You ever going to say something. Um, I'll chime in after you. What were you going to say?
2: No, I was going to say, why don't we uh, simplify it and let's do it by eras. Like maybe if we do it like from the no holds barred era, from when you have to, do it to when when GMA was starting to become a thing in Japan during the late nineties, early two thousands
0: to present day. Okay, well, actually I got I don't, I think that'll be even harder. I think uh you I think you kind of gave gave me an answer. I think probably the answer I would go with is Bob Sapp. And I'll tell you why. Um every time every oh, bo- God. And, uh, but here's the thing uh Nogueira said that if Bob Sapp had trained a little bit more for that fight, he he thinks he would have lost that fight. And I think one of the things about Bob Sapp is that we is that if he had trained if he t- take take it MMA more seriously, and he didn't—he didn't just do it for money, or you know, whatever his weird reasons for for taking dives in uh, MMA matches. I think that Bob Sapp probably could have been the 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 final big boss of heavyweight of of heavyweight super heavyweight MMA just because of what of uh, of how he was his. His presence and strength was beyond anybody at the time. And he, while his skill set was not, he was able, listen, he, uh, didn't he, he defeated Ernesto Hoos in a, uh, kickboxing match, right?
2: Yeah, in a one tournament. Yeah, exactly. he defeated
1: him in a kickboxing bout after <laughs> Ernesto Hoos defeated him in a wrestling match.
0: Exactly, yeah. So, you know, I think that Bob Sapp could maybe, yeah, I think he beat Ernesto Hoost. I think three times. Do you remember that? Right. So, yeah, I think that Bob Sapp could have been that, and especially with the Noguera. And it's, yeah, the Noguera match, even, even uh, if you even watch that match, Noguera was losing that match until he got the submission win. He was, and and he could have, yeah, he could have, imagine if Noguera had lost that match to Bob Sapp. That could have. Oh, man.
2: <clears throat> oh, imagine the, imagine the timeline. Inoki would have gotten, Inoki's, Inoki's would have been even worse.
0: Yeah, so I think that. Um, exactly. Exactly. I think that what, it, I think, you know, imagine that butterfly effect, you know, Sap beats Noguera, and then what is the trajectory of Pride and and the, their heavyweight division? What is oh, no-, no.
2: Oh, wait, wait. I know. It. I think I have an idea what the trajectory would have been. What's that? That one what-if fight that never happened in Pride or anywhere else. The battle that, if they fought, it would have ended. UFC, UFC would have been put out of business. Saki Ibar would have been reaming in the money. You would be singing the money, money, money song to Avara Bob Sat versus Fedor.
0: I think Fedor would still won. You one. know
2: that would.
1: You know that fight would have been great, but I think a better one probably would have been Butterbean versus Fedor.
0: I thought you say Butterbean versus Bob Sat. Ah, Butterbean. Well,
2: huh. to be fair, Butterbean did de- participate in K One.
0: Yeah, he did. Right. uh huh. Um, Butterbean versus. Uh, Butterbean also fought in Pride too. I mean, obviously, he fought a few times
1: in Pride FC. He also fought a few times in K1.
0: Um, well, don't forget, Bob's, uh, Butterbean's, uh, biggest win of all time against, uh, Bark Gun at, uh, what was it, WrestleMania 12? Oh, yeah, poor Mike, poor, yes. poor Mike, poor Mike Barton. <laughs> so the funny
2: thing
0: about
2: Mike Barton, right? Was that he would later go to all Japan and it would be and it, it would be successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he too also winning went to the winning the losing the tag champs with with, with with people power Johnny Ace.
0: Um, <laughs> but you know, regarding the whole thing of the best big man in MMA, the problem with MMA also is that it's such a it's such a it it's such a physically demanding sport. I think that there's a, a point where you just where, like, your weight becomes an issue if you're too big. It, it becomes a detriment to how you perform. So that's why I don't think it's ever really been... Oh, we, wait,
2: there's another factor uh, you might want to play in here. Uh, also depending on uh, What rule set are you going by, depending on what region of the country?
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so you,
2: might have, you might have one where knees in the head, soccer kicks. Remember, volley rules, they were literally, you could do anything you want, man. Eye poke... Gay, gals, fighting, low yeah. blows, which is my type of fight.
0: Yeah, uh, but also, you know, it, even with the, if there's anything allowed, you know, the you know, sumo wrestling oh, just big big men, just they maybe have like one or two minutes to do something and they get tired after three minutes. And that also... A... Well,
2: there, I think there might be, I think if I remember, there might be a few exceptions. There's some guys who have godly stamina.
0: Uh, they're they're considered big. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the biggest, the bi- and the mm, anybody who you can think of Christian who's like a big man who's got good cardio. Christian,
2: like maybe uh,
0: Josh Barnett. Uh, I would not consider Josh Barnett like in the in the categories that we're that we're talking about. Josh Barnett is. He's a big dude. Oh, he's a big dude, uh, but like for, not like for what we're talking about. I think we're talking about even bigger dudes um, that go what beyond.
2: That, uh, what about that one guy who fights for road, uh That other Barnett, Chris Barnett, I think his name oh, is? Oh, Chris Huggy uh, Bear Barnett. Yeah, Huggy Bear, Chris Barnett.
0: Oh, he's got a great cardio, but even like even what we're talking about, I we're, I think we're, I thought we were talking about even bigger people. Wait,
2: wait, wait. So wait, are we talking about sizes of, like, Emmanuel Yarbrough? Yeah,
0: that's what that, that's what I thought we were talking about. Like, don't, that fuck. That, that,
2: that May he rest TikTok in peace, but Emmanuel
0: Yarbrough, weapons.
1: if he would have gotten a little bit more cardio in him and would have lost, like, 100, 150 pounds, he probably would have been, like, a fucking beast. You know, to stop in MMA, even though he only had two fights and got submitted miserably
0: by Daichi Takeshi. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think that yeah, I think that I think there's just a, a there's just a big uh, there's just a a a ceiling to how far big men go in MMA. Um, and here's like if you want oh, to. you mean like? Sorry, Sorry go ahead, Christian. Oop, Never mind. Uh, yeah, I just think that there's a ceiling to how, to how, how far big man can go. Because even if you well, let's not even talk about like the Emmanuel Yarbros. Look at the, the people that are that are just really really tall, like the Han Man Chois. or um
2: is he even still a man?
0: Yep. I think he's still. I still think he does the occasional fight for Royal <laughs> FC. Um, yeah. Basically, what
1: I was trying to say, Andrew and Joseph, is there's this one guy. Out of China that fights for Road FC named Aurigelli. Yes, yeah. And he's like a big. I mean, he's agile for his size, but he also makes his fights feel like engagements, so to speak. Like you just have to see this big motherfucker dance and fight and kick ass, pretty much.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen uh, uh, I've seen him fight. He looks like a he looks like a giant fat baby.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I was even talking about, you know, th- that you know, even the really really tall people that are not like Emmanuel Yarbrough size or A. a- Gellie size, like the Hongman Choys or the Giant Silvas. They are they they're they're
1: they're, they're
0: or the semi-shield for yeah, instance. Yeah. Semi Shield at least was at least in K1 was was good, but like when you when these people transition to MMA, like there's you need a coordination and and discipline and just like and you just need to control your body a lot a, a, a lot better. But the problem is is that if you're so tall and you're just you got all this size, it's almost it is a detriment to how you move. You move very slow. There's if, uh, you, if, if you've ever seen uh, I think it was Minowa Man versus uh, Giant Silva. He's able to easily get a takedown on him. And get a submission on him. I think it was a, a knee bar or a leg lock, just because and there's. I think
1: you're referring to the fight that No Man had with Jimmy Ambreeze.
0: I didn't, wasn't it Giant Silva? I thought he fought Giant Silva. Um.
1: And I think it was against Jimmy Ambreeze, the Titan.
0: That was. How, I'm, let me double check on that. Um.
2: And, uh, Joseph, are you still with us? <coughs> oh, yeah, I'm still here. Um,
0: the weirdest timeline just happened oh wait no I'm sorry it was uh, <laughs> sen- 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 uh, it was uh uh, Centauru, Cent- uh, uh Centauru, who um who Memory I'm thinking Centauri
2: of Milla.
0: yeah that's who I was thinking of um but I uh, know no, yeah uh, the giant silver one that you're talking about yes yeah, yeah I got uh no wait no wait it was Mina man it was Mina man um but it wasn't a submission but uh, the submission I was thinking of was Centauru. um uh but yeah you know like there's just so much to to grab on uh, on all these freakishly tall people that like it's it's it's, it's like hey you know uh, limbs are everywhere feel free to grab at at your own uh, at your own free will so yeah it, it's you know it, I just think that like there's a ceiling for how big you can be for MMA and like and how successful you can be I honestly think that yeah
1: okay. uh, uh,
2: asking for an open built. belt. Uh, for uh, Rising, you're kind of asking for an impossibility
0: here. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, um, yeah, because like it's not like you're like going to get that many girls who can go on long start hip-hop and ask uh, against the like writers like who, who are giants. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You yeah. uh,
0: But, um, to move on to, well, I think we should move on to another topic because I think there's something, Joseph, that you want to talk about and it yeah. is open form, and I think that would be a good time to yeah. get into the one Show. Now, wait,
2: before I get into one, okay, I was just going through Twitter, and the weirdest timeline, okay? Get ready for this. You might want to brace yourselves. Uh, Floyd Mewether returning back to the ring again. Oh, yes. The weirdest timeline. Okay, now let me, now, okay. segue. Well, here's uh, the thing, actually,
0: before you finish that joke, this the reason why I heard that, why he's doing that, because Canelo Canelo has that fight coming up, right, on uh, the zone. And so, apparently, he, what, whenever, Canel, whenever a, another big boxer has some big news, Floyd Mayweather always somehow comes in and, and, and sneaks his name in. Uh, that seems to be a Floyd Mayweather thing to do. Wait,
2: wait, hold on. He's like, hold, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute there, pal. You're getting too over. Here, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a going to take my creative control back. Thank you very much.
0: Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, um, we, we do have, uh, we, we are doing open forum. Uh, which I posted on Twitter, and where we can talk about topics that people want to talk about. But uh, we were going to talk about one. But since Joseph, I know you really want to talk about one. And I did. I did. You know, you did message before previously. Uh, I think it was uh, Saturday. Oh, not Saturday. Thursday. That you were uh, interested in talking about one. Anyway. So uh, before we do talk about this one show coming up, you, I want to give you the floor to say to say what you want to say about one.
2: Normally. Is there something in the water or something lately?
0: In what respect? No, like, you know,
2: everybody, like, it's like everybody's conforming to the great church of one championship.
0: Well, here's the thing. They do have, they're, they're, for those that don't know, one championship is having a show tonight in Japan at Sumo Hall, Ryogoku. Um, it's their first show in Japan. Uh, this, so. is, this is their, their attempt to, J- to break into the Japanese market. Um, and I think that they're trying to be, this is their way of saying that they're trying to, that they want to be like UFC, an international, uh, an international mixed martial arts organization, not just a Singaporean, um, with their, with their home bases, um, promotion. They want to expand. In fact, actually this show, um, which will be live tonight on, uh, Breach Report, uh, I think for Americans in their, in the one app, will also be on Mm -hmm. TNT, yeah, it's gonna be on TNT. Yeah, it'll
1: be on TNT the following night. Which I at like ten forty five PM Eastern or some shit. I don't know what like they're gonna ten forty five PM Eastern.
0: It's gonna be a five six hour show though. I don't know what they're gonna do to edit or or, or what they're gonna do. I just would be interested to see like how they truncate it. I'll be watching the show live just because I think it's a very interesting show because of who's on the card. You got Shinny Aoki. you got um, Ken Hasegawa taking on the Burmese Python Anwan Song, middleweight championship match. Uh, Bibiano Fernandez rematching for the uh, band of weight title. You got Gary Tonin, maybe the best uh, American mixed martial, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu prat- practitioner in the world. Uh, you got V.
1: Hajime on the prelims. You Eddie, got Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson and Eddie Alvarez in Grand Prix bouts.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it's. I don't think Joe. I think Joseph. It's not so much that there's that people. It's the there's something the war. They one did promote has promoted this this show very well. with the names that they have. Uh, they've they've but, done it very well, in my opinion.
2: what
1: famous we're famous, trying but it's to like, ask Joseph is: Do you think that the propaganda machine, when it comes down from fc has you know gotten a little bit too much to their
2: heads? Well, yeah, people. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Well, pretty much, yeah. It's like, you, you know how here we got to deal with brainwashed UFC people and brainwashed um, WWE people all every day of the week?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, fucking Zufa zombies and Titan twats. <laughs> yes. We, it's kind of its kind of like becoming that, uh, like 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 with one. And then, you know, we got one sta- having like Shudo and Pancre stab rising in the back. Rumor of Renna um, uh, uh, trying to, might be signing with one. Well, yeah, I, I know, know you. Quintet. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold up! I've heard about Rina Kubota possibly sign
1: up with ONE FC, but what about Miu Yamamoto? Isn't Miu is doing
2: stuff with Quintet? Oh,
0: right, right. I don't think that right. has I any. I don't, it think, but I don't think. But I think has anything that it has any relation to UFC. I know that that Quintet is on the UFC Fight Pass, but I don't, That's more of just like them having shows on their on their. Uh, on um, their right, right, cool. right, yeah.
2: Right, right. But continue. Okay, I didn't some... say. No, okay, I didn't say say Muse is betraying Ryzen. Never said that. Oh, I thought you. I, I I apologize.
0: I thought that's what you said. I um sorry. No, I, no, I, no,
2: I, no, I was no, I was telling Gary that Muse kind of is doing stuff with Quintet right now. Oh yeah, but oh I, yeah. I, but, I, but can you please yeah, continue about, your so, thought about like one a championship? On like, one FC. Right? Yeah, and then a few days ago on freaking uh, Twitter, freaking um, a few people were encouraging. Oh, like Reyna should like do like like do what Welly Zang did. And I'm like, oh yeah, just wait. Watch, watch her faking injury like Willie Zhang did to go to UFC.
0: Well, here's the thing. I I know that you were you're highly suspect of that um, when at the last Ryzen show about her um, pulling out of that fight because of her um, fainting because of that of the weight cut. I'll be honest. I still don't think that was a faked injury, in my personal opinion. I because you know you can't. It's very hard to fake an injury where you collapse because of dehydration. Like Look, the Wei it, we it, Jang, mm-hmm. the Wei it, Wei Zhang it, thing in, we fake an in eye injury, okay? Right? You can't just fake an eye injury. Oh I know, that's I know, I know. But but Yeah,
2: because that's loss of vision.
0: Yeah, and the Wei, Wei Zhang thing though was outside rising, you know, you go to your doctor and you just say, Oh my shoulders acting up Doctor takes a look at it. You're mixed martial arts. Doctor's like, oh, okay. You probably injured it while training or something. Here, take off for whatever three weeks. You show that to Rise to and Hey, I can't compete because of my doctor saying I'm injured. Ryzen says, okay, we'll we'll get another fighter. in. and then UFC, you respond, you reply back to UFC email. Hey, I'm good to go with you guys. So yeah, that you can you can easily fake. Um. So yeah, but I don't think Rain. I still don't think Reina. Uh, pulled out of that mat, out of that out of that fight to uh, for 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 any nefarious reasons at all. Okay. I think she. I think she legi- man,
2: For all the GMMA we've all like, most of us have watched. Shady shit happens behind the scenes literally all the time. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, I, I understand. I understand. And but I. That, it's too. too- and with-
2: being super aggressive in Japan right now and trying to cut Ryzen's legs out from under them by getting Pancreas and Shudo to stab them in the back and join them?
0: you know what I mean? Well,
2: you but can't uh-huh. help, you can't help but have me be suspicious.
0: I no, I no, I, like I said, you know, I think I, it's it's not it's not unfair. I, I don't think it's unreasonable what you're saying, but I just you know collapsing at at a weigh-in is very you know that that it's it, it's kind of like it's it it kind of like is. I think it goes a little bit too far. Like if that was her plan, you know, she she, I think she could have she could have faked an injury a lot more, shall we say, uh, under uh, under less under less eyes, cause she don't forget she had to go to the basically, hospital. Basically,
1: basically, what you're trying to say is she could have pulled a Nancy Kerrigan.
0: You could have easily done it a lot better, a lot a lot more with a lot a lot less people looking at it cuz you know Dolby, she had to go to the hospital they transported her to a hospital and, and they had to give her iv fluids trust me and yeah,
2: you... and i wait if it's legit if, if that whole thing was legit then you know it's legit it's just that you know it, i just find it very suspect
0: well here's the thing if, if you want to say that she that she really did class on the way in and then after she's thinking like you know maybe it's time for me to go one okay fine that's fair but i don't think she deliberately faked fake that whole thing at the way in i don't think at all um but um I know so... But you
1: guys steering back to one championship or one F C as in one full of crap at this point, there is a tweet I watch I mean there's a tweet I looked at like a few days ago from Hollow fan that basically, you know, called one F C out on their bullshit and stating that v Hachime Mei Yamaguchi, is the greatest Japanese women's mixed martial artist of all time. And, I mean, come to think of it, that kind of made me think, you know, did this motherfucker forget that Makumi fuchi was probably one of the biggest, Jap- or he was one of the biggest Japanese MMA draw for, obviously, <laughs> Mei Yamaguchi ever came into existence, ever graduated out of Temple University
0: or whatever. So this is um this is what uh 1FC said though, right? <clears throat> One yeah. has no idea They're if basically you have an
1: issue. saying, is May Yamaguchi the the greatest female mixed
0: martial artist to ever emerge from Japan. Oh no. Well, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. that that's just that's that, those are promoters promoting. You know, it's you know how like whenever Dana White, you know, says that like, "Oh, this guy is the next big thing. He's he's going to be the best... Uh, remember, remember Francis Naganu. Francis Naganu was supposed to be the next big heavyweight in MMA, and then he lost the fight to Stipe And then suddenly, now you know, he uh, Dana White never mentions him at all. He's he's he's, part of, he's he's old news. You know, it's just to me that's just promoters promoting. You know, is it? It's more. You know, it it would be more surprising if they didn't say that. I guess you could say, but I'm like you know. I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge any promotion that says one of their fighters is is better, is the best, or better than everybody else. That's what promoters do, you know. No matter, you know, whether it's bullshit or not. Hey, you know, what? it was your thoughts. Yeah. Okay, continue. No, I'm just gonna say, you know, UFC. Remember, Kane was supposed to be the was supposed to be the next, the the, the best heavyweight of all time. And then he lost to yeah
1: Cain Velasquez.
0: Yeah, and then lost we'll
1: to to momentarily.
0: And then uh he lost to Verdum. and then suddenly now it's like oh Kane is not is not good anymore. He's he's not the best anymore.
2: You know uh your homeboy, you know your homeboy uh Shimentov actually said what I, what I could have said better about it. he's like one has no soul pal. Oh yes. <laughs>
0: um. But uh, yeah, so uh, but uh, yeah, Joseph. Uh, what are your thoughts on one um, saying that Mei Yamaguchi is the best? They say she was the best uh, f- uh, in her weight class, or the best female fighter of all time. Best
1: female, best female fighter to okay. ever come out of Japan.
0: Okay, what do you think about that?
2: Kiss off. Almost <laughs> 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 freaking knows it's Megumi
0: Fuji. Uh, well, it, what if I would even put Ayaka Hamazaki up there? Well, I think there's um, referring to, leg- maybe Legends-wise, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. in that case, yeah. Uh, Megumi Fuji, though, she retired.
2: Because, um, you know, let's not forget that she was in the Chris Cyborg era.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that Megumi Fuji really, really, uh, she retired quite, I don't want to say early, but she, like, it was kind of like when Gina Carano retired. It was like, I don't know, I just would have liked to seen a few more years. Just see, I think,
2: well, don't forget that Gina Carano was, uh, as soon as she felt the wrath of Cyborg, she's like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm of here.
0: I know, I know. I just like it's kind of like I would have liked to see, you know, what happened to Megumi Fuji. You know, if she if she stayed long enough to go to Horizon or go to UFC, just to see what happened, she went into like a different well, but, path. Well,
2: Megumi Fuji was an Invicta, and Invicta kind of treated her like shit, I think.
0: Hmm. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, but
2: she was only there for an ambassador role, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh sh. Hey, uh... yeah.
2: Hey, um, Bruno sent a thing yesterday. Uh, do you guys know of somebody named uh, Cristiano Folic?
0: Uh oh, Brazilian fighter, I believe, right?
2: Yeah, um, I think he, he announced a deal with Ryzen.
0: Yeah, he did, he did. We'll probably hear about it next week, uh, Monday or Tuesday, because we're supposed to announce more fights on... Uh...
2: Oh yeah, we're getting uh, five
0: fight announcements. Yeah. Uh... Not one, <laughs> not,
1: not two. The three, one thing, three, we're getting three. one set yeah. of things that I want from those fight announcements, Joseph... Is Shimatov and Vitali Shimitov going to be all of us hopefully one of these three things or two or all three are gonna happen. The in the debut, the rising debut, debut of Vitali Shimitov, the rising debut of Teruto I love my bitches, Ishihara, and the announcement Attention Nasakawa's opponent.
0: Um before actually, before we talk about Ishihara, I just want I want uh, Joseph. One is well, I definitely want to give you more. Do you want to do a random one, or do you want to see what happens after the show tonight to to save your random? Well, work?
2: for what I have no way of watching the show. Period, and I'm probably not going to be sticking around for five hours to. Because it sounds it
0: same. sounds it sounds like you definitely want to wait to see if Reina does go over. Because I feel like that's 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 the crux of what you want to talk about. One is that if Reyna does go to one.
2: Hey, I'm not watching one if Raina leaves, okay? Oh, I know, I know,
0: but I'm, t- I'm talking about, like, if Raina does go to one, then, then okay. th- that, that seems to be... Look,
2: I'm gonna... Look man, I'm going to do the... Traitor! <laughs> um, It would be like in freaking... um. Did you ever watch The Hobbit?
0: I saw the first one. Never saw any of the sequels.
2: No, no, I'm talking about the original one.
0: Oh, the, the cartoon version. No, I never saw it.
2: Okay, in the original cartoon version of The Hobbit, okay, where where, where, where Smeagol had the, the, the ring of power, okay, when Bilbo steals the ring and he leaves with it, that he freaks out and he yells out, THIEF! Like he's yelling it out and pointing <laughs> his finger. So, if it does happen, someone needs to make a video of from that original scene and show and put the one logo on Bilbo Baggins' face
0: With him going, um, well, here's you know, I know that that that's one of the biggest rumors right now. Reyna going to one, and here's the thing, uh, for those that don't know, she's made a lot of references to one on on uh on her Twitter. I think she's even training at the Evolve uh team, which I think, which does one is that one is that one FC's like. I don't know how to describe... They're they're, a training camp, but like does one sponsor them or something?
1: Yeah, I think one FC sponsors the Evolve training camp out of Kalines, Singapore.
0: Okay, I know that either Reyna was trained there or did some sponsorship, but I think also Tension trained a little bit there as well, and he's not going to one. Um, well, let me
2: put it you this way: If he goes to, if hypothetically, if Tension to kiss the, the Takaru match, but goodbye. unfortunately, Riri Nasakawa, his sister, is there. Oh yeah, but
0: that's a that's a sister, you know. This...
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, but let me put it to you this way: in a hypothetical, okay, if Tension ends up going to one, you can kiss that Takaru match that y'all been fantasizing about in the gutter. You can kiss that goodbye because now that will never happen.
0: Oh yeah, uh, that that is the fight to make this year, and we talked about it last week as well. Is that so- Sagawa, Takaru, and uh, Tension? Needs to happen this year, especially before the Olympics, because God, you know, if one, if you know, that's another thing. If the Olympics comes around and they want tension or Taka to be on the boxing team, you know, it's gonna totally fuck that up. Now,
2: actually, actually, no, that's gonna be doing more than that. Okay, every MMA promotion in Japan and every wrestling promotion in Japan is gonna be having difficulty.
0: Oh well, yeah. Of course, that will be also that'll also make it difficult.
2: You know, the Sumo Hall will not be usable. You know, so Osaka Joe Hall will probably not be usable. You know, Tokyo Dome. Well, no, but no, they'll be able to. No, Nutri-Man will be doing the Tokyo Dome by the time that that goes on. That will be before the Olympics even happens.
0: Um, actually, um, well, my understanding is that Kirk and Hall is gonna be taken up. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't. I think Sumo Hall might be as well, but. Uh, but that's well,
2: why every big th- well, building and most of the middle-sized buildings are all going to be taken up by the Olympics. Yeah. So, it's not just going to be affecting you know every, you know Japanese wrestling promotion. It's going to be affecting you know Ryzen, Shudo, one is going to be having problems too.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, anything else you uh, do you want anything else you want to say about one um uh Joseph um uh,
2: Everyone, stop drinking the one Kool Aid. Let them have their show first before before you all end up becoming indoctrinated, like like the like the Reavers indoctrinating people in Mass Effect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do, you know, I will be watching this show because you know I definitely you know if 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 this show does this show could be based it could be the could could I I think. I think it's a very interesting, interesting on, on paper but it's also just a very important show and it'll definitely it'll show whether one uh, is here for the big boys or you know they're just all talk you know their 600 million uh viewers and all that
2: you mean the, six million, you mean the 600
0: million they claim to have oh yeah yeah I, of course you know um, there's a I reason why there's a the reason that why that's they that's call good. it Chachri the, the, the Singaporean Dana White but even Dana White doesn't even go that far well, Dana, because-
2: because look, look,
0: one can't beat rising in views, okay? Yeah. Oh, I know for a fact that, that a lot of, that a lot of the tickets for this one show tonight are are papered. They they definitely gave out a lot of free uh, a lot of uh, pay, uh free tickets for this show. Hey, yeah, uh,
2: question: How the rising tickets go for the April show? I believe it's
0: either close to sold out or sold out by now, uh, for Yokohama. See
2: the see see they they we we we, we were able to sell out or close to selling out the venue.
0: But you also, you know, the, free the problem also is that, one, is, you know, it's, it totally, it's a totally, it's a new, it's a new, it's a new thing for Japan, you know. Also, um, you know.
2: Uh, look, man, look, man, there have been many forms of other people doing shows. Look, man, we've had volley Tudo Japan, okay?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Japan is no strangers to outsider promotions try to do whatever they feel. If they have to deal with the UFC's nonsense after they destroyed pride for them. And ultimately kill JNMA during the mid-2000s. they can deal with... It will be a tough sell. Let me put it that way. Oh, I know.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's a reason why WWE can never sell out a show in Japan unless they have Brock Lesnar on the card. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: But for the wrong reasons.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Joseph, we're, um, we're going to see if we can get somebody else on the line right now. I just want to know, am I going to see you around uh, WrestleMania week? Uh,
2: yes, I will be at, uh, New Japan Matsuri on Thursday. I'll probably be there all day. I will be at G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden.
0: Okay, great. I'm going to be at the Matsuri as well for maybe about an hour or two. I'll be there for the Liger thing, but then I'm heading to Bloodsport in Jersey, and then I'm going to, yeah, I'm definitely, I have my tickets for G1 Supercard as well, so I can definitely see you, I'll definitely see you at either at Matsuri, at both, either or Matsuri or the G1 Supercard.
2: All right, and anybody who's a fan of this podcast, and they can somehow you know recognize me, my, my voice voice, whatever, um, you know, I will be at Matsuri. I might be there all day on uh, on Thursday. Um, I'll be you know I'll, you know I'll be definitely be at G One Supercar, and I hope to see any of you guys there.
0: And I'll, I will de- you and I definitely we got we we definitely got to meet up face to face. Yeah,
2: yeah, yes. Yeah. So, the so we I we, can, we let's do that for Matsuri.
0: Okay, yeah. You probably know what I look like, but I don't know what you look like, so feel free if 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 I don't if, if if let's
2: just face it, Andrew, and I hate
1: to, you know, kinda bash you a bit, Joseph, but he looks like Tiger Woods' doppelganger. How about I choke you out, Gary? I give you a <laughs> katahajime? <laughs> look how, I think Sorry he, he's Joseph, just
0: I just think he have probably cheated numbers around get... that before that time. But uh, yeah, and also yeah, Joseph. Uh, if uh, Reina, if if I'll tell you this, if we if wh- while I'm watching that show, if Reina does go to one, you know what? for the for the show that we do, at, uh, the next show that we do, feel free to come on and do your Reina rant. Uh, you'll have. I'm gonna
2: do the. I'm gonna have to do a thing with the camera. I'm gonna. i have to do like big man, the big man, and boy, and my face.
0: Oh, yeah, no, you'll, I, I gave you full permission to go as long as, uh, to, well, try not to go too long, well, not don't go two hours if your rant, but like, you no, know. No no, no,
1: no, 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 I'm not like that, I'm not like these weird We're going to give you enough time stuff. as you need to
2: put over your rant, Joseph.
0: Exactly, yeah.
2: Because I'm not going to be like, you know, I'm just going to be like, damn one championship to hell.
0: But I know that, I know that's one of the things you want, uh, that you talk, you want to talk about, glad you got it, but, uh. Yeah, Joseph, we will definitely def—I'll definitely see you at Matt Surrey and um, and uh, G One. Let's—we'll uh, talk then, okay?
2: Yeah, and I'll definitely be trying to watch uh, Bloodsport on my way this week.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna—are you gonna watch it on Fight? Uh,
2: yeah, I'll be watching it on fights. So that way, you know, when you, when we the next time you guys are on covering uh, Bloodsport, I'll be able to—I'll have some idea what the hell I'm talking
0: about. <laughs> okay, great, Joseph. Uh, we'll talk later, okay?
1: All right, man. Later.
0: Thank you again. Uh,
1: that was a fun little
0: chat. Yeah. So. But you think that we're gonna have somebody else on the line soon? Uh, hopefully. Um, but uh, I, what was this? Uh. Oh, uh, Zach of uh, Bad Moon Rising just sent me a message. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it off, um, off, uh, off the uh, record, shall we say? But um, so yeah. Yeah. But
1: basically, we had a lot of fun talking about the, you know. All the things that have been happening in one championship. The death of course you can tell, but there's this one thing that I want to get off my mind before we talk about something really big. The thing that we forgot to talk to Joseph about, which was the Dragon Gate situation that just came out, but there's this one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and it has something to do with Cain Velasquez. Did you see the press that Cain Velasquez has been getting? Have you seen the festive cable? Asks has been given recently for transitioning over to Lucha
0: Libre. Oh yes, that will be. I will. You know, I've never ever wanted to transit. I've never wanted Triple Mania is one of those shows that like I don't look forward to watching, but I always like wind up watching for some reason. But I think this this year's Triple Mania, I'm gonna. I'm really looking forward to just to see. Because he he's isn't it a uh, four-man match with him versus L.A. Park and Pentagon Jr. or and somebody else, Psycho Clown? I think. Uh,
1: they're not gonna be too. They're not gonna be that damn stupid to do a fatal four-way match with just those four and not do any. I mean, mostly because of the fact that in matches like those, multi-man matches, you don't want to harm the guy with less experience case in point, when it came down to the McAloon promotions come Hello high Water event that happened over Super Bowl weekend, there was a match that involved, I don't want to say legend, but UFC veteran, pride veteran, and shoot wrestling veteran Vernon Tiger-White. And for some odd reason, it just felt odd seeing him compete. I mean, I might see that match again, but still, point of the matter is, it's odd to see guys, you know, compete in matches like those, because it just feels like out of their element, so to speak, and I think that the best thing for Kane Velasquez to be booked for at the upcoming Triplemanía show, which is going to be August 3rd in Mexico City, I'm hoping that it'll be a singles, I'm hoping that people will have a singles match against an opponent who can actually carry him, you
0: know? You know, it's very interesting that, you know, for a guy who has such bad knee problems as as Kane Velasquez does, him going to wrestling? I don't know. I feel like that's even wor- worse for his knees. Am I wrong in thinking that? Because mm-hmm. isn't most exactly. of the... You know... Didn't he also re-injure his leg during the uh, Francis Ngannou Ng- match that he lost? I thought he did.
1: Uh, I think I think during the Francis and Gado fight, I think that was a knee sprain. He was walking on it fine during that press conference for a triple A back on. No, wait, actually, back on Monday. No, it actually, it was back on Wednesday that this press conference happened.
0: Oh, okay. I, I thought I thought he re-injured his knee during that match because of the way he fell and all that. Um. Um. I. I but you know. It's you when you when you I'll, I I AAA like I have no you know I have no idea how they do the things they do yet somehow like they're still around I remember when you know I remember like in the 90s when AAA was like was the hot may have been like one of the top 10 promotions in the world where they were just having these incredible lucha matches with Rey Mysterio and uh, Psychosis, and to grill. and now they're basically, they're basically like a CZW now, where like, every match is just, so out of control, and has garbage booking, and refer- and heel, Rudo, technical referee things, it's so confusing, yet somehow they still draw, and they still have, a, a, they have a, a, a great television deal, somehow. Well,
1: come to think of it, when it comes down to that, you can either do one of two things: you can blame Vampiro, who always wants his fucking music to be played, <laughs> for all the craziness that happens, or ASA, you can blame Conan for all the crazy shit that's been going down with Triple R
0: ever since he returned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, it's still. So far... mean,
1: still, the point of the matter is, you can only blame those two people because they basically had they basically hated each other since the nineties, but they're both equally responsible for Triple A, you know, going down this spiral. And now with the the agreement that they're gonna have with all elite wrestling coming up and the fact that well, the fact that their tag team titles are gonna be the first set of titles defended in all elite wrestling history. At that
0: double or nothing show
1: coming up on May 25th, I mean, you
0: have to think about it. Uh yeah, if They are going down the shitter. There's still hope. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I you know, Triple. You know, it's Triple A might have like uh, unlimited lives when it comes to like how they work as a promotion because, you know, it's they just seem to have they 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 can they just do the dumbest shit. And and like they and they just seem to still somehow still, they gave Jeff Jarrett their, their their top championship like last year. Can you believe that?
1: Oh yeah, I, I fucking remember that. And they still booked him as for shows even though now he's signed to a WWE contract.
0: Yes. So you know, I'll be tuning into Triple Mania mainly to see uh um to see how he how uh, how he how he uh, does in a pro wrestling match. And it'll probably be on Twitch TV as well, so it's free as well, so it's not going to cost... Oh, yeah.
1: Most definitely it's going to be on TV slash preplay lucha, if I'm not mistaken. And it's also going to be on there in English as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, I'll, you know, if you can try to, you know... I don't want to say you should seek out the English commentary because there's English commentary with Matt Stryker and... Vampiro, and is it is, is Hugo Savinovich still do like part of the uh, commentary anymore, or no?
1: Oh, actually, Hugo Savinovich, who just got announced as the Spanish correspondent for AEW, he does commentary in Spanish. Oh, okay. But he's there to provide translation for the English side, if needed.
0: Because, you know, the problem with the English commentary is that Matt is trying to do his job, but the problem is that Vampiro's like is always, quote, going off script, so, like, Striker is, like, it's basically, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's, like, two, it's, it's, it's two opposing forces that are not working with one another, and it just sounds so terrible. It really does.
1: You say terrible, I think it's pretty damn funny, because it's, like, opposites attracting, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I guess in that sense, yeah. Um... But I'll be—I'll probably definitely tune it tune into the um, into the lucha into the uh, Twitch TV for that um, for whenever that for when that show is. I think it's late in the summer, August. I think that's usually when they do Triple Mania. Yeah,
1: August 3rd. Okay. August 3rd in the Capital City. Oh, and uh, by the way, when it comes down to Cain Velasquez and where he would need potential training, I mean Booker T. I just heard on his radio show this past week on ESPN 97.5 that he basically, he wants to give Kane an open opportunity to train with his wrestlers, to train with his students at the, I mean, at his promotions wrestling school. I think it's called, I mean, you probably might not know this. I do. It's called The Reality of Wrestling. And it's down here, in Texas, and well, actually, it's down in my neck of the woods, and it's a 15-minute drive from where I'm at.
0: I've heard of the promotion. Um, doesn't um, oh yeah, I know that's Booker T. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's in Houston, right?
1: Yeah, actually, it's an um, hour south from the Greater Houston area.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I
1: Depending on traffic. That is,
0: I know that a uh, boogeyman came from there. Um, I think he was a well, Booker no, T I Well,
1: actually, no. He made a few appearances there, but he never came from there. Oh,
0: okay. I thought he was a Booker T guy. Um, but I know, I know that you know. I've heard it's a pretty good school for a wrestling school. Um, but yeah, hey, that'd be interesting, you know. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting because I don't. Here's the thing, Lucha Libre. he's he. I don't see Cain Velasquez doing any lucha. Any lucha dives or anything of that sort. So it'll be interesting to see how he. Oh. Hell
1: no! He's not gonna be doing no fucking lucha dives. As big as he is, with knees that breakable, he's not gonna be doing any lucha dives.
0: Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see how he how he wrestles in a match where where other people might potentially be doing dives and you know doing high spots. And and you know you know you got Psycho Clown there, so probably there'll be some weapons in there as well. Well, LA Park, you know, is incredibly overweight and can barely move, so he'll probably like try use his chair or something. Yeah, so this it, it's it's gonna be so many weird styles in this um um or something like that. I, it's gonna be incredibly tr- intriguing um how they how they work that match. It's gonna be really it's gonna be really like four different. It's gonna be a bunch of different styles working all at once, and it's either gonna me- it's gonna mesh well or it's absolutely gonna be a fucking failure. And I'm really intrigued to see how it goes.
1: True, true, true. And uh, oh, by the way, a cheap plug. If you guys wanna get trained by the best, get trained by WWE Hall of Famer Booker T at the Reality of Wrestling School. All you need to do is give them a call at one two eight one nine nine three five three two one. That's one. 1- 2819935321, or go to realitywrestling.com. There's your cheap plug.
0: And now,
1: let's continue on with the podcast.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> regarding wrestling, though, you want to talk a little bit about. uh. So, also, uh, we're going to get into more of the talk about uh, WrestleMania Week, particularly the main show that, that I think is the most interesting show. But some other stuff has happened for that week that will be affecting uh, WrestleMania week uh the entire like a lot of the shows and that is um a bunch of uh visas were not approved for the promotion dragon gates um Mm -hmm. and so basically what happened was that uh to put it in i'm going to try to condense it as much as possible uh, so basically since WrestleCon who was supposed to be sponsoring the visas is not an actual is not the is not the full-time employer of these Dragon Gate wrestlers their visas were denied to come over here and wrestle and dra- apparently WrestleCon hired an immigrant ter- uh, attorney to uh, work with them and spent $50,000 and so people, uh, wrestlers, that includes Masato Yoshino, Pac, formerly known a, a, as, uh, Adrian Neville in, uh, WWE. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, a bunch of other Dragon Gate guys, uh, da-da-da-da-da-da. Takuya
1: Onodeva, Takuya Kobayashi. Seema. Are they supposed to be there
0: too? I think so. Uh, no, Seema's not a Dragon Gate anymore, I forgot. Um, yeah, they were, um... Yeah, a bunch of a drag uh, of their, of the Dragon Gate guys were not able to get uh, uh, their their uh, visas approved. So a lot of the a lot of cards are switching around um, um, for the for WrestleCon, and I think for a, a few of the other spot shows that are going on for that for for next week. Uh, sucks, you know. But, but here's. I
1: mean, kind of think of it. You have to think about a couple of reasons. First of all, when it comes down to the Wrestle, when it comes down to the Dragon Gate guys not getting visas, why didn't they do like what the Stardom wrestlers and the DDT guys and the New Japan guys did and get visas months in advance? And for two, with Pac being a part of the wrestlers that couldn't get their visas in time for the show, do you think that this will affect him? For the
0: Double or Nothing show that All Elite Wrestling is doing on May 25th. Oh no, they said that uh, they kept AEW public. Oh no, a oh, WrestleCon came out and said that this will not affect his uh, his appearance at AEW. But um, actually, um, sorry to bring him up again, but Dave Meltzer did talk about this, and he did explain why hey. he did explain why Stardom and the other uh, and other um, people did not have uh, issue with that. So Stardom has a has a working relationship with Ring of Honor, and so Ring of Honor. <laughs> Was able was able to basically Ring of Honor can say it, that they're their full time employees. Uh, because they all because they're you know, wrestle you know they were able to 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 work around it I think by saying by 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 explaining that that the star wrestlers are part of, is a part of Ring of Honor, and so
1: same for New Japan
0: Pro Wrestling exactly same for New Japan Pro Wrestling for their guys. Uh, when, New Jap- uh, when New Japan uh, couldn't get their guys to come over here a few months ago It was basically because of the government shutdown, but there but they are but since that's over They have no issue coming over here for the Massacre guard Show, which I'll also be attending as I mentioned before But yeah, basically yeah WrestleCon is you know is not the primary employer for these Dragon Gate wrestlers So they that's why they, their visas were that's the reason why the US government says that they're that they're not allowed Why their visas were not approved and um, there has to be, you know... The other thing also is that... And this is got... And, you know, I'm guilty of this sometimes, but I've been doing a lot less, is that you got st- A lot of fans got to stop buying tickets way in advance for shows. Uh, with no card or no wrestlers announced. I understand why, you know, the secondary market is is very vile. I hate the secondary market, like StubHub, which, you know, buys up tickets and, and then sells them for double or triple what they're worth. Um, but, you know, there's only... only I've only bought three tickets for. Uh, I've only bought three tickets. Uh, well, actually, no, only two um, for for shows that are going on during WrestleMania week, and that would be R- Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor show, well, Ring of Honor New Japan show at Master of Garden. Actually, I'm sorry, three. There are three tickets I bought. Um, there's that, um, the Interspecies Wrestling show in New Jersey on Thursday and Joey Ryan's penis party on Friday evening (laughs) so I only got three tickets um but I know people who bought tickets for a whole bunch of shows way in advance actually no I'm sorry I lied four tickets I bought Rev Pro also I also bought a ticket in advance for Rev Pro on the same day as uh, on Friday as well um but yeah I know people who bought tickets for an entire day for, for shows every day and, you know, that's what sucks about buying tickets in advance and, you know, finding out that, like, oh, no, you wanted to come see, you know, uh, Will Osprey versus Pac or something. Uh, that's not going to happen now because his visa is not approved. Uh, so, yeah, it sucks. And, you know, that's unfortunately, you know, I, I try not to buy tickets for shows until at least three or four matches are announced. Or an entire card announced. Just because you never know what's going to get. in
1: guess. our case, when it comes down to doing these here podcasts, we don't do podcasts until after the entire card is announced and there's at least a week to less than a week before the show.
0: Exactly, because then, you know, if we talk about a fight, you know, and it doesn't happen, well, you know, if we talk about a fight and it doesn't happen, or, you know, someone gets injured and he gets pulled out, they get pulled out, you know, suddenly, you know, the the, the podcast itself has become ir- irrelevant uh, for future listening, and that sucks. Um, now, you know, if something happens, you know, the day before fight, you know, with like Raina and uh, the Francois, um, Samantha, uh, the Jean, uh, Samantha, Samantha G- uh, yeah, fight, you know, where, you know, the shit happened, the way in, they weren't able to get a, uh, they weren't, the fight wasn't able to happen. Yeah, sure, okay that's that's unavoidable, but you know we we still so, you know we try to like get we want to be as up to date and as accurate as possible as possible, and you know with these and with these wrestling shows you know I like to know what i'm getting what I'm paying my money for, especially if I'm paying you know anything from twenty five dollars to like seventy five dollars you know and if i if I'm getting people who i'm no, have no interest in you know it sucks, you know, and, and as a fan, you know, I want to get my money's worth, and, you know, that absolutely sucks, you know, if, especially when you want to go to a, uh, uh, imagine, if, you know, that Stardom show. Imagine if you went to a Stardom, the Stardom show and then suddenly said, oh, all the Japanese wrestlers can't come, but instead we're going to have, you know, uh, Mercedes Martinez and, um, I don't know, Ali and, and other people. You know, it's, it's not, it's not.
1: It's Basically, not, you're going to be getting a Stardom USA show featuring Sumi Sakai on there trying to wrestle girls that are twice as big as her.
0: Exactly, yeah, and that's not an attack on their talent as wrestlers, but just like you want to see the, the, you want to see the people who you don't get to see who don't come here that often. You, that's why, you know, a, a New Japan show coming here used to be so special because they used to come once a year. Now they're coming like like three four five six times a year and it's not as special. But coming once a year, you know, is is what draws these is what draws people to is what's drawing people to that Stardom show and to the uh, WrestleCon, show. especially the WrestleCon show because the Dragon Gate Dragon Gate wrestlers haven't been here. Dragon Gate had had a show of, since like I think it was 2012 maybe or 2011. Um. And, yeah, before they used to do shows all the time, then they just stopped doing shows. But, yeah, that's what, um, yeah, you know, it, it's... I uh,
1: think you refer to the Attack on the East Coast show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: or set-up shows, actually, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Um, I was planning to go to the WrestleCon versus, USA, uh, versus the World show on Friday. Oh, so, so, excuse me, Saturday as well? Wait, is that Friday or Saturday? No, it's Friday. I'm sorry. That's a Friday show, I think. Um, I was planning to go to that, um, because they have some Mexican guys that I, re- that I'm looking forward to seeing, I don't, I, I didn't buy my ticket in advance, so, you know, I'm, I'm not disappointed either way, but, you know, if I was going to a Dragon Gate show, um, or, you know, I was going to see, you know, the people specifically for the Japanese guys, then, yeah, you know, I would kind of be, I would kind of be, like, pretty upset, you know. But uh, Masato Tanaka will still be there, so I'm at least happy about that.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why they say card and lineup such to change, because in, a, in an athletic sense, in a sports sense, like, for me, you don't, I mean, you don't basically buy tickets to see, like, for example, the Houston Rockets versus the Golden State Warriors, and you... Basically, get James Harden, Chris Paul, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and Klay Thompson all sitting out, and a bunch of B players.
0: Yeah, exactly. Playing their places. Exactly, yeah. Uh You go, you go. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, exactly. You you put the you hit the nail right in the head. I've yeah. So, um, I'm trying to you know for the shows that I'm going to for WrestleMania. For WrestleMania week, which starts... officially starts Wednesday, but I'm not going to any shows Wednesday because I'm going to see Pet Cemetery in an advanced green later that night. Uh, But uh, for the shows I'm going to... um, The shows I'm going to are Bloodsport. uh, Well, I I guess also New Japan Matsuri thing uh, in Brooklyn. Then I'm going to Bloodsport. And then I'm going to see Interspecies Wrestling. And then AIW. Um... Friday, it's supposed to be. I'm gonna go see WrestleCon versus the World, uh, Rev Pro, and then the Joey Joey Ryan's uh, Penis Party Show. Saturday, I'm gonna to go to Wrestling Revolver, uh, Pancakes and Pile Drivers, and then uh, probably just like get hammered at a bar and then go to Ring of Honor show. I'm uh, not going to WrestleMania. Not gonna do that at all because I'm not gonna sit outside for seven to eight hours. I'm gonna to go to my friend's house to watch it, but um. Yeah, it sucks. It's it sucks for uh, those people who bought uh, tickets in advance. Um, so, uh, so, but uh, you want to get into uh, the 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 big show that we want to talk about, Christian? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. it's gonna be talk. We're gonna be talking about WrestleMania, correct?
0: Ah, God no, God no, not at all. The big show. Uh, we- shit. The big show we want to talk about is Blood Sports. Uh, actually, I think it's. Oh,
1: exactly, exactly. I know exactly what you're
0: talking about. Uh, officially, I think it's it's Game Changer Wrestling presents Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. I think that's a full title. Um, yep. That's what it is. And so, for those that are not familiar with Bloodsport, this is the second time the show has happened. It happened last year, but it was under Matt Riddle's name. Uh, now in the uh. NXT WWE NXT uh, promotion, um, but now this year it's going to be under the tootle under the booking, uh, I assume booking and uh, and the uh, power of uh, Josh Barnett, now former UFC fighter, um, but uh,
1: well, not to mention former UFC fighter, Pride FC veteran, Dream veteran. I mean, obviously, this dude is a fucking savant when it comes to combat sports. Yeah, New
0: Japan Pro, wrestler. I uh, think he fought in IGF as well, and UFO, maybe. Um, I don't...
1: A former, also a former weight King of Pank champion.
0: Uh, Meta Morris, heavyweight champion, uh, defeating Dean Lister. Uh, the Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. Uh, Quintet, also I think he fought... He, he uh, he uh, grappled in Quintet and got uh, tapped out by uh, Gary Tonin. Um,
1: <laughs> but Steel, the dude co-owns Quintet with
0: Cousley Sakuraba, I think. Oh, he does? Oh, that I didn't know. Well, uh, at least uh, not, they're not co-owners. They're more like co-founders, in this ah, case. Ah, gotcha. Actually, before we get into Bloodsport, uh, actually, I think we should also uh, mention that Quintet will be having a show next Sunday as well. Um, well, next Sunday morning or night or something for us, um, it's going to
1: probably be next Sunday morning, and it's an all-women's show in
0: this case. Ah, yes, um, actually, before we get into buzzboard, I really want to talk about that quintet show, because that quintet show really looks awesome, um, do you want to talk about that for a little bit, Christian? Uh, let's
1: see if I can pull it up. Huh.
0: I think I have it right here, um, yeah, it's, Qu- it's Quintet Fight Night 3 in Tokyo, Um, it'll be at the arena, Tachikawa, Texini. Um.
1: Yeah, basically gonna be in Tachikawa, Tokyo, Japan.
0: Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, like I said, it's all women. We got some, we got some really interesting teams on that show, actually. Um, for, uh, -hmm. let me, uh, get out the, uh, so we got, I have two, there's four teams. There's BGJ, Kunoichi team, uh, the rising and in deep MMA team, Tenth Planet team, and I—I I misread this at first. I thought it was called Cholera, but it's Cholera, I think. Sun Cholera team. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I'm gonna get the participants right now. Um, if I can find out all the participants. Um. That's, uh, and
1: if you're having a hard I mean, you're having a hard time trying to get this up. I'm having a hard time trying to get this up. I mean, basically, we're having a hard time trying to get everything up, even though this show will be taking place on the morning of April 7th, 2019, at the Arena Tachikawa Tahiti in Tachikawa, Tokyo, Japan. And this fight card. I mean, this grappling card will be taking place on
0: the UFC Fight Pass for those who can watch it worldwide. You know, it sucks that, that it's, it, it it's going to be on the UFC Fight Card because I don't have the US, I don't have a UFC Fight Pass. And it's just, you know, I wish it could be on Fight. I wish I didn't have to download another app, uh, another thing to, just to see this. Um, uh-huh, okay, man. so hey, mean, here's the, uh, I, the team for 10th Planet. And for those that don't know Tenth Planet, that is Eddie Eddie Bravo's um grappling school. Um the infamous Eddie Bravo. The team of Tenth Planet will consist of Liz Carmouche, Elvira Karpinen, Lila Smaja, Grace Gundrum, and Fabiana Jorge. And the crazy thing about it the crazy thing
1: about is- about Team Temp Planet is the fact that they got a team member on there that's a little bit too young to be taking an international trip across the world. I mean, in Lila Smudger. Mostly because of the fact that she's, what, 17? Well, it... She's basically... I mean, I understand, not to disrespect her. She's basically a little young. I mean, she's basically... Probably the second coming of Erica Montoya in this case, but she's a little too young at the age of seventeen to be taking an international trip.
0: Well, I'm looking at the so, picture. I'm looking at all the pictures of the fires. I'll be honest. Grace G- uh, Gundrum looks the youngest, um, at least picture formats. Hmm.
1: I see. So it basically feels like two of the members on the. I mean, it basically feels like two of the members on Team 10th
0: Planet looked like they needed to sign a permission slip in order to be on this card. <laughs> basically. Basically. So, obviously, the ones who, the, one, the one person who I'm familiar with is Liz Karmusch. Um, I think she's still of UFC, right? Is she still of UFC? Uh,
1: yes. She is still an active member of the UFC roster, just like Keita Keita Nakamura was when he fought.
0: Okay. I to yeah, so, uh, yeah, you got, uh, you got, to uh, you, you have, uh, she's the only one who I recognize, and probably a bunch of people also will recognize as well, um, for that, uh, for, for, for that team. Um, I don't know how exactly she is at grappling. she, the? Uh, uh, didn't she almost, didn't she almost have the rear naked choke on, uh, on, uh, Ronda Rousey when they fought? Was that her? Oh, Carmouche. Yeah, uh, but she wasn't able to finish, and obviously got tapped out by Rousey. So I know. I guess there's that. Um, so now here's the thing: there's a rising and deep team, but it looks like the it looks like the the team we have Miyu Yamamoto's member of Team Cholera. I don't know why that is. Do you know anything? About-
1: well, it's probably because of the fact that she basically has already said she wanted
2: to her home team, ah, okay. When it comes down to that team, Team Sun Chorella,
1: it also features Aishimizu, who recently won her Rising debut. Sarah McMahon, who's also in the UFC, Mika Nagano, who recently fought Miu Yamamoto in Rising, and a fifth woman to be named later.
0: Ah, uh, well, well, here's the here's the well here's the thing. I don't see Aishimizu here anymore. I thought she was put on a different team. Um, I have me Shimi- Oh wait, no. Okay, I have the updated. I have the updated. Uh, team. Uh, eyes uh, on it. On it anymore. But um, Damn. Let's see. Uh, we got Megumi Sugimoto, Sarah McMahon, Um, who I think is still with UFC. I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: she's still with the UFC.
0: I thought she was gonna be the next big uh bantamweight uh bantamweight fighter in the women's division. There, I was so wrong. Uh, Miyu Yamamoto...
1: you're saying that Megumi Tsukimoto replaced Aishimizu on Team Suntorella?
0: Looks like she did, yeah. I don't know if that's so good or... So it's,
1: be... <laughs> Megumi... it's gonna be... Megumi... It's Tsukimoto, Sermon Man, Miyu Yamamoto, Mika Nagano, and a fifth member to be named later.
0: Yep, and I have the fifth ne- fifth member here. That is Miyu Ikemoto. Oh, okay. So, so they got, we got double Miyu on this, uh... On this, uh, on this team. Hmm.
1: Okay. And as far as team... Let's see. As far as Team D. Jules is concerned, their team is consisted of Tomo Maizawa, Emi Hikaru Aono, no, Hikaru Aono, Yukari Nabe, and, of course, everyone's favorite, King Reina Miura. Um...
0: There's a, a little interesting thing. So that is the Rising and Deep MMA team. But it says Team Deep
1: Jewels.
0: Oh, okay, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Uh, I may the, the Wikipedia has it under as Rising and Deep. But uh, that's actually that's. Uh, let's see. They may may have just become Deep Jewels now. Ah, yes. So that's uh, yeah. If it's if it's Deep Jewels, then it makes it'll make sense why it's all why all of them are Deep Jewels. Um. Uh. Uh, Fighters. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. I'm also. As far as Team BJJ Kunoichi,
1: that's the team name you mentioned, right?
0: Yes. Um, I'm going to just double, just going to get confirmed that team as well. And that team will be. Nanami Ichikawa, Iori Ichigo, Rikaku Yuasa, Yuki Sugichi, Sugichi. Fuji, yep, and Akiko Sawada, and it looks like there's gonna be, there's it looks like there's supposed to be a an another um a a non female fight. It looks like a male of male uh a male fight, like a super fight between Tomo Shige Sara and Shuto Watanabe. Yes, yeah, advertised as a special singles match. Um I see a picture here as well for um Oh oh no these are just oh, it's just it's team captains okay never mind no so yeah that looks like that's supposed to be the only um oh wait no 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 not no, one more singles match uh Shutaro Debana versus Ro- Rob Sentano. So the singles matches are all or are, are male and the team matches are female or all, all women. Um, and I think this looks like a very cool card. It just sucks it's got to be on the UFC Fight Pass. I just... Ugh. The more apps I have to download to watch shit, the more it pisses me off. But, uh, you know, I think also... What I think is interesting about this is, you know... Now, so for those that don't know Quintet Base, it's, it's it's a it's a single-style elimination um, grappling tournament. If... Uh, Right, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and basically, what you do is you pick who you want to. Who you, the team members pick who goes first, and so it's like it's a very it's it's a very strategic who you pick. Do you pick either your best grappler who might have not the best cardio but who could tap out like the first three people, or do you put in your biggest guy there who maybe can just you know? There's a lot of strategic a lot of strategic strategy, as a former president might say. Um, regarding who you pick and how you uh, wh- where and how, uh, wh- when they go to fight. so you know I think the most interesting thing is I want to see how Miyu Yamamoto does during her grappling exchanges if she does happen to go up and uh, and uh, and uh, compete. It would be a great way to see how she is how she has come come far when it comes to submission grappling because that's always been her. Her Achilles' heel in MMA is is being is not having good submission defense or gra- or a grappling IQ. So that is what I am most intrigued by, especially if she you know what if she goes up like against a Liz Carmouche or King Rana, you know, it it's, it's gonna be it's a, it it you wonder you know how they can how she'll be able to uh to go up against them. Uh, but yeah, for those that, um, that, that want to see that show, it's on Fight Pass. I don't know what time it starts, but, um, do you know what time it starts, Christian? It's
1: probably going to start at around, if I'm not mistaken, it's probably going to start about the same time this what fc card will be starting tonight.
0: Uh, uh, another late night card, great. Yay, okay. I mean... I'm sure that if you don't have Fight Pass, you can, there are people out there who can find other ways to watch it, as well. You know, you can see the GIFs and the uh, streamables on um on uh, the uh, on on Twitter and that sort of thing. But you know, I think that Quintet's definitely one the one of the more unique promotions that's operating, um, that's operating w- with a grappling um with, with basically a grappling gimmick is what they're doing, and I you know. Uh, you know if I can if I can watch it I'll get I'll try to watch it because the other thing is also that it's gonna I'm gonna be exhausted for that Ring of Honor show and I may not even I'll be up the entire day going to to wrestling shows and getting hammered I may even forget that the show is even on by the time it comes on and then I'll I'll well, hey,
1: all I can basically tell you is don't stumble drunk into one of
0: the- I won't. I won't. I probably won't uh, when I wake up. And then also the Bare Knuckle, there's there's a Bare Knuckle show as well that I want to see. see. So I got two potential shows to watch someday before WrestleMania. Well,
1: when it comes down to the Bare Knuckle FC show, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for yawning on this show. But when (laughs) it comes to the Bare Knuckle FC show, the best thing to do would be to just Buy
0: it on Biden and then watch it later. Oh, yeah. I could do that, yeah. Um, I got remember, I, I just got to, I hope I don't get up late. I hope I don't stay out too late. That's the thing I got to do. But, uh, Quintet, you know, a show to watch, I think, and a promotion to pay attention to. But going back to another show that I think will be the best show of WrestleMania Week the Josh Barnett's Bloodsport Show. Which is what we're going to be talking about. And um, have you gone look to see all? They released all the matches. Thankfully, by the time the show, by the time we we're recording this, That was, what I was really worried about that the shows would not be on. They wouldn't have all the matches. But you know, have you uh, have you gotten the chance to see all the matches that they've advertised for this show, Christian? Uh,
1: yes, I have seen all the advertised for the show as a matter of fact i even seen a video that iq wrestler had even posted about the show and it's pretty it's pretty damn cool oh yes but here's the list of matches that are gonna be you know is here's the list of matches that are gonna be taking place on april 4th at the white eagle hall in jersey city new jersey andy versus Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, Andy Williams being the lead singer of the rock group Every Time I Die. J.R. Kratos going, to, going one-on-one against the Devious Journey, Simon Gotch. several reality of wrestling heavyweight champion, John a former fighter, but MMA fighter and deathmatch wrestler Masashi Crazy Boy Takeda. Davey Boy Smith Jr., The British Bulldog vs. Killer Kevin Cross. Hideki Suzuki vs. Timothy Thatcher of Ring Camp in WXW. A battle between two former UFC champions, former UFC Super Fight Champion and former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Dan the V7 versus for two-time UFC Heavyweight Champion Premier who will be making his professional wrestling debut on that card at a battle between two all-time athletes. The war Master Josh Barnett versus one of the most dangerous badasses in all of combat sports, Minoru Suzuki. Oh, and also, Phil Baron is going to be on the card against Dominic Carini.
0: Yeah, that's the New York badass. Um, yeah, um... Let's see what what matches. Uh, what? Well, well, I'll start off talking about the uh, Killer Cross versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. match. Uh,
1: yeah, we can
0: start off by talking about that. So yeah, did you, So Killer Cross uh, for actually, I could talk more about Davey Boy Smith first, then we'll get into Killer Cross. For those that don't know, Davey Boy Smith Jr., son of the British Bulldog. Uh, now a New Japan Pro Wrestler. Uh, he re- he did wrestle for WWE for qu- quite some time. Had a tag team title run with his uh, is it cousin or brother in law, uh, Tyson Kidd?
1: Uh, cousin in law.
0: Okay, and uh, but uh, was released from there, and uh, is yeah made his way to New Japan Pro Wrestling and is now a member of the. Of Minoru Suzuki's faction, suzuki Goon Ichiban Uh, and uh, he actually has a legit grappling background he has trained he is a he does train Brazilian jiu-jitsu he did win a Naga tournament uh, a few years ago in the heavyweight division Uh, might have even fought an amateur MMA uh, as uh, I'm not entirely sure but hasn't done any pro MMA yet but he he is from he is he is cut from the same cloth as a Josh Barnett as a Minoru Suzuki uh from that Billy Robinson catches catch can wrestling you know where you depend on on holds that that work the joints that that you know that that target limbs uh and he is one probably he, he is maybe one of the most underrated uh wrestlers in the New Japan roster in my personal opinion, who's I think he's so good but he he is stuck in a tag team with a uh, Lance Archer the American Psycho, uh, A.K.A.
1: Lance Hoyt. Well, or oh, Lance,
0: oh, yeah, also known as Lance Hoyt, uh, and you know. I th- you know I think he's a great pick for a show like this. He exa- he he wrestles like the, like a, a guy like a guy in UWF used to, or um, or you know if you watch how Josh Barnett wrestled in New Japan or how Minoru Suzuki wrestles. He, uh, except the thing that he does also is that he brings a big. Uh, he's a power guy. He's like six foot four, maybe 240, 230, and he's he. He works like a big man, who knows his submission stuff, and he and he is so good at it, and he he has he has that legit that that legit presence of this guy's a this guy is a badass. I would never want to fuck with him. What do you think about Davy Boy Smith Jr.? Oh, I think Davy Boy Smith Jr.
1: If he could have gotten into MMA, he would have. But. With all that catch wrestling skill he has, he's a dominant competitor in professional wrestling. I'm I'm definitely not surprised that he's not getting into a singles run right now, with all the back injuries that Lance Point has.
0: uh well, you know it's you know he should he should get a singles run at some point in my personal opinion. Um, Doesn't have to be a long run, but he's definitely. He, uh, next to probably after Minoru Suzuki, maybe the most talented member of Suzuki Goon, even I'm um, even putting him above uh Zack Saber Jr. Indeed. Uh yes, uh, so and his opponent is uh Killer Cross. Um now who wrestles in the Impact Wrestling Promotion. And his kind
1: Well, he also he not only wrestles in Impact Wrestling but he still wrestles for Lucha
0: Libre AAA. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Um, but in terms of his, uh, I don't. He hasn't. He's won the main. Would you say he's definitely one of the main inventors, main stars of uh, Impact Wrestling at this point?
1: If
0: he isn't a main star now, he probably will soon. Oh, yeah, and um, he's probably a few. He's definitely a future heavyweight champion for that promotion. Um, in terms of, uh, he hasn't been, he hasn't been around that long as a wrestler. He debuted in 2014 and, um, he's mostly fought for,
1: yeah, he debuted in 2014. He wrestled for
0: future stars wrestling
1: out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and then wrestled for the Inoki Genome Federation when at that same time, Jinder Mahal was also wrestling for the IGF. Yeah,
0: so he does, he does have a little bit of a, uh. Of a uh of a UWF shoot uh experience, um but this will def- uh-huh. this is definitely gonna be like a a a a clash of styles because the way that Kill Cross wrestles he he kind of, I don't want to say he wrestles like a maniac but he kind of wrestles with like a he kind of has that brawling style you know it's not fancy you know he's just he's just in there he's just there to hurt somebody, he's he's there to he's uh-huh. he's there to, to deliver punishment in any way that he can and it's a great contrast to what Davey Boy Smith Jr. does when he's uh, he's uh he's there to he's there to submit somebody he's there to tap somebody he's, he's there to break somebody's ankle or somebody's arm it's definitely a very intriguing matchup um what do you think about about uh Killer Cross as a wrestler Christian? Hmm. Killer
1: Cross I know you're saying that he's learned some um, down over in
0: japan wrestling for the igf yep yeah and um um i
1: think when it comes down to davy boy smith jr it's gonna take a lot more than just that to beat davy boy
0: how would how could a go across beat a davy boy smith jr
1: hmm. basically basically how would they what am i trying to say how he would defeat him would basically be making the fight feel like a war of attrition, so to speak. Oh, ba- I mean, plus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when it comes down to Davy Boy Smith Jr., he's actually fought, he's actually done professional wrestling inside of an MMA cage before. I mean, I think I've shown that to you off air.
0: Oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. And that was a very... I, I, I that was a very intriguing way to ha- pre- present some pro wrestling matches and uh, uh yeah I definitely think that uh that I th- I th- I, th- I personally think that Davy Boy Smith Jr. will probably win this match, but you know Killer Cross is definitely a guy who is not to be taken lightly. He could definitely he's definitely he will he, if he's kind of like a guy who will go down on his own sword even if he knows he's gonna lose. Exactly. Um, anything else you want to say about this match? No,
1: nah, we can go on. Okay. There's uh, six more matches we can talk
0: about. Uh, yes, uh, next match I want to talk about is a, it's gonna be a, it's it's definitely gonna be a catch-as-catch-can match. Uh, when you got, uh, Timothy Thatcher taking on Hideki Suzuki. Uh, you now Hideki Suzuki, he's from the Big Japan Pro Wrestling uh, promotion in Japan. And he's kind of... He's, and he also wrestled for 0-1 as yep. well. Yep. Uh, and f- you might be thinking, for those that are wrestling fans, are like, isn't Big Japan Pro Wrestling, isn't that a Deathmatch promotion? Yes, it is. But they do have a non-Deathmatch um, roster. And Hideki Suzuki is one of them, along with Daisuke Sakimoto. Uh, May- I think... I don't think Suji is there anymore, but he used to be there. Uh, Yuji Okobayashi. When
1: you think of it. Is Daichi Hashimoto there as well? Oh, yes.
0: Daichi Hashimoto, Yuji Okobayashi. Um, yeah, and it basically, they're basically, their, their death, their non match division is basically all Hasas. They're big, they're big brawlers. But Hideki Suzuki's probably. Well,
1: with the exception of Daichi Hashimoto, the son of Shinya Hashimoto.
0: Yeah. Um,. But Hideki Zuki is, a, is probably the one, the outlier and all that, because his entire offense is based on grappling and, and doing those, ca- those, those, those very painful headlocks, leg locks, submissions, wrist locks. And actually, it's funny because he, he's very polarizing in the pro wrestling, uh, pro re- I, internet wrestling community, as they say. A lot of people, there's a lot of people has a lot of people who don't like his style, a lot of people think his style is very dry, that he's boring, and that he's not, he doesn't, He he's not, he doesn't make grappling watchable like maybe a Zack Sabre Jr. does, or other, or other... But, but,
1: when it comes down to Hideki Suzuki, he makes these matches feel more like MMA fights, especially with the soccer kicks he'd be doing. Oh, yes, there's and a... And plus, plus, the, want to go into a little bit more of a history lesson? He did wrestle Josh Barnett before New Year's Eve 2011.
0: And that was for IGF, I think, right?
1: No, actually, it was a co-promoted show between the Noki Federation, K1,
0: and Dream. Oh my God, that sounds like a, that sounds like a nightmare of a show to put together. Promotions just working together. Yeah, it
1: was a nightmare of a show to put together, but it was a dream to watch it. I'll never forget watching it because it was my really, it was my first time getting into like Japanese MMA, like watching it live on television.
0: Oh, cool. Um, So, yeah, so, yeah, Josh, you know, and how, and how did Hideki Suzuki uh, wrestle that match against Josh Barnett? Do you happen to remember?
1: I remember that he pretty damn well against Josh Barnett because if you remember correctly, Hideki to the American audience back then was a pretty much relative unknown but obviously he wrestled Josh Barnett to the best of his capabilities before losing via a Brain Basta suplex after a powerbomb by Josh Barnett but ever since that match I think Suzuki's improved well as far as his overall
0: combatant skill goes. I also have to point to a match of his uh, against uh, I guess it's his protege in BJ BJW, uh, Takuya Nomura. Um and they had a match I think it was last year or two years ago, and it was basically a match of Hideki Suzuki beating the living dog shit out of Takuya Nomura. To the point where it was so uncomfortable, but it was, it was a great. It was, it felt if like, it, it, it felt like. Do you remember when Tommy Dreamer got got the can those? Uh, hey, uh, uh, give me another one, uh, Singapore cane shots by uh, from the Sandman.
1: Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that Tommy Dreamer Sandman match. So yeah. I also remember the Sandman versus Tommy Cairo, which is how.
0: The same man got that gimmick. Yeah, so it's it was kind of like watching that, that type of match where it just you saw the teacher beating the shit out of the student hero and, and you wanted the student to kind of just give up. But, uh, you know, the student didn't want to give up. And, and yeah, Suzuki put a beating on uh, Takuya Nomura. Um, right, right. It was basically like him saying, thank
1: you, sir, but without saying may I have another he yeah. just kept giving it to him giving it to
0: him exactly and then uh his opponent also a catch wrestling uh catch wrestling uh veteran uh Timothy Thatcher uh as you said wrestles uh, wxw used to be with evolve uh championship wrestling i think it was their, i think it was their heavyweight their their their, their champion at one point as well uh, uh,
1: Timothy Thatcher was the world champion at one point.
0: Yeah, uh, another polarizing guy in the wrestling in wrestling uh, fan circles, um, loved by some.
1: And if I remember correctly, and I hate to interrupt, it's kind of my thing. But still, if I remember correctly, he wrestled a match. I think it was with Cassius Ono, aka Chris Hero. But they just literally beat the dog shit out of each other, and the match ended, I think, with, I don't know if it was Ono going through the exposed meet, the exposed ring mat or something, but still. It was a pretty fizzy-ass match, but still. Timothy Thatcher has learned a lot of European-style wrestling since his has been spent in Germany and the UK. Hmm. so I'm pretty sure that he'll give Hideki Suzuki a damn battle but I think Suzuki's gonna come
0: out with the win uh yeah you know I think that Suzuki as well will come out with the win um uh it's uh it, it, it will you know when you see when you when two people have the same styles they, they either kind of work a match like that or they sometimes just do the polar opposite so I'm intrigued by like if it's gonna be are we gonna see submissions or are we are we gonna see reversals how how will a match like this how will a match like this go like go through and I can see I could see you know I can see this match totally not being a submission match you could almost I, I you know imagine if it just turned into like a brawling type of match where it's just they like they throw everything they throw submissions out the window on the side okay you know what We're going to just punch and kick each other like crazy. Imagine that, if if that happened.
1: True, true. But then again, this event is where all the matches can end via pinfall. No, actually, not via pinfall. Yeah. Via submission or knockout.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, I'm not so sure the time limit, probably all the matches have three-man time limits or, or something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, matches will can either that's how UWFI used to do their matches, uh, either pinfall or submission. Uh, oh no, sorry, not pinfall, uh, submission. Well, actually, actually, UWFI
1: had a different set of rules, and yeah, their matches ended be a pinfall, submission,
0: or knockout, or a decision. I think right, or or like points, right? Yeah, points. Okay, so yeah, I, I think. I think this will be, I think this will be a, a, this will, this, I, if, I think probably most likely this match won't be a fancy, like, you're not going to see anything, you're going to, you know, most of the time I think it will be on the ground, them working submissions against each other, but I think Hideki Suzuki just probably is the better submission guy between the two, um, and also, Hideki Suzuki first time wrestling in America, if I, rem- if I remember correctly, and uh, I think uh, I think
1: it was, yeah, this is his first time wrestling in America.
0: And for you know, I think these two are gonna put on a it will definitely be a match that I think people will either love or hate. There'll be no in between. I think I like it because I like seeing submission grappling, you know, ground based type of wrestling but I know there's a lot of people who do not like that type of wrestling at all they don't like limb work they don't like you know anything working a wrist lock I know that there's an art to it and I know that not everybody's graded it but these two are great at what they do and I think I think if people give it a chance this can be an incredible uh, uh, a very good fight a very good wrestling match that these two will put on mm-hmm. but the match one do you
1: want to go over and Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, do you want to go over the next match on the card?
0: Yes, the next match that I have listed, and this is the one I may be most looking forward to. Um, uh besides the main event, of course. We have two former heavyweight UFC heavyweight champions, and and that of Frank Mir making his pro wrestling debut versus Dan the Beast Severin, and. Dan the Beast Severin. I don't know where it started with with his background. You know, like it's wasn't he? Well, he's the only only triple UFC champion or whatever that uh, triple UFC what was that championship that he won again. I forgot. In the, in the tournament. It was the UFC. No wait, actually, I'm trying to search for it right now. But all I know is that he was a 1984 Olympic
1: wrestling alternate. Yep. For the US. Olympic wrestling team in Los Angeles. He was a he was one of the longest reigning NWA world heavyweight champions of all time. Yep. Holding the belt for four straight years at one point. And obviously, when it comes to, down to MMA, he has a professional MMA record of 101 wins, 19 losses, and seven Sixty of those one hundred one wins by way of submission.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, definitely won the. So, MMA... and, uh, when it
1: comes down to his UFC career, he was the night. He was the UFC four tournament runner-up, the UFC five tournament winner, the ultimate ultimate ninety-five tournament winner, and a UFC Superfight
0: Champion. Was... He headlined and won the main event of WEC One.
1: He was the Elite One MMA Heavyweight Champion. He was the Continental Free Fighting Association heavyweight champion. Super heavyweight champion. The Gladiator Challenge Super Heavyweight Champion. The Danger he won every MMA fight in the danger zone. And of course he was a veteran of King of the Age. Maximum Fighting Championship, and of course Pride.
0: Again, bringing up Pride one, uh, he had the match of uh Chemo Leopoldo, I believe it was. Ah
1: yes. (laughs) Uh, Ah yes, the crazy divine Jesus freak known as Chemo Leopoldo, with which he went to a draw with Chemo,
0: and uh, yeah, you know. One of the MMA originals. One of the one of the original guys who made MMA, you know, I think what it is today say, who was who was at who was well skilled in all and most of the martial arts. He wasn't just a wrestling guy. He just wasn't a submission guy. He wasn't just a kickboxer. He was good at everything. Uh he went a train a wrestled at Arizona State University, I believe it was. Um mm-hmm. well, uh, same tra-
1: goes for Kenny Velasquez.
0: Yep, uh train A training partner of Don Fry. Uh, the, best he,
1: friend. Lifelong best friend of Don Fry. Yes. Which is why they never fought each other, which is a big mystery all on its own.
0: Mm-hmm. Question, who do you think would have won that match if they ever fought Don Fry versus Dan Severin. Uh,
1: To be honest, to be really honest, I think that fight would have ended in a draw. But not like the draw that that not like the draw that happened at UFC nine, obviously where Ken. I mean, obviously no, that wasn't a draw that Ken Shamrock had with Dan Severn at UFC nine. It wouldn't have been like that fight, but it basically would have been such a badass beatdown between two legends that mm-hmm. those two would have just threw in the towel, not voluntarily. But they would have probably threw in the towel because you know they beat the shit out of each other that they couldn't. They beat the shit out of each other so much that they couldn't go anymore.
0: Mm. Ah, interesting. <laughs>
1: but still, point of the matter is Dan the B-7, Severn, who is 60 years old, June 8, 1958, born in Flint, Michigan, but fighting out of Coldwater, Michigan, six foot two, 259 pounds, man. The dude is a legend. And yeah. I think it's going to be crazy to see how he'll
0: be, you know, getting his hands full against somebody like Frank Mir. I did see his, uh, he did uh, have a match. Uh, at, no, it wasn't uh, Bloodsport last year. It was at Joey Janela's Spring Break where he had a match with uh, Matt Riddle. And it was an amazing match. Dan Severin can mm. still go. Um, I don't know if... that yeah, that pretty much...
1: I mean, it pretty much proved that he could still go when he had that match. I think, like, about six or seven months ago against Tom Lawler.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is... It
1: was in Cleveland for AIW, by the way.
0: Yeah. He's still in shape. You know, he's a little bit older, a little bit flabbered, but nonetheless, still he still is in great shape for a guy his age and who's been through the, the ringer, as, as, they, as you can say. He is he's still, he still there's a reason why he's called the beast. He still is one. <laughs> um and that's the thing is that you know he for, he's well versed in everything. If he wants to take you down, he can easily take you get down. If he wants to if he wants to knock you out, he can do that. If he wants to get you to the ground submit you, he can do that. He is so well versed in all the martial arts that like that you can't just say he's good, that he can win by one way. There is many ways he can win. And which is why I think this is such an intriguing matchup, uh, with his opponent that that he was take that he's taking on Frank Mir, and uh, oh, another guy who's like doesn't need an introduction, but we'll still do it anyway. Frank Mir is I don't know. Where, where, you start off, Christian? I have no idea where to start with uh, Frank Mir. How about with height
1: and weight? 6'3", 261 pounds, age 39, born May 24th of 1979 in Las Vegas, Nevada, meaning he will turn 40 a little over a month after WrestleMania weekend. He fights out of Jackson John MMA in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but resides and fights out of Las Vegas, Nevada. He is an American Kempo Karate and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu standout who had a, uh, he has an 18 and 13 MMA record, obviously, with nine of those 18 wins by way of submission. But he was 16 and 11 inside the octagon, which is where he held his craft from November of 2001 all the way up until March 20th, 2016. And then obviously he lost last year twice, Tafedo Ankle in 48 seconds via TKO, and Avi Eye Candy Ayala at Bellator 212 more recently back on December 14th via second round tap out due to strikes. I,
0: I also Both think steel. he's won the big. Of the matter is you don't, forget, don't forget his biggest win of that, all time.
1: Oh, yeah, his biggest win of all time was not the win over Tim Silvia, which won him the UFC. US- Heavyweight title, but it was the win over Brock Lesnar at UFC 81.
0: What? Yeah, what? So he
1: basically, knee barred the shit out. of him.
0: Yeah, one of the mm-hmm. one of the you know I wasn't watching MMA at the time, but that was one of the big fights that you heard about, even if you weren't an MMA fan. That that fight, that that main event permeated beyond just the MMA bubble, and um. You know, still one. You know, he uh, he he momentarily stopped the uh, Brock Lesnar hype train when he came in. Um, yeah, he
1: momentarily stopped the Brock Lesnar hype train before before Brock Lesnar knocked out before Brock Lesnar knocked out Frank me and made his head
0: bounce off the mat like a damn basketball at UFC One Hundred. Also, one of the biggest what ifs in MMA. You know, he had that big motorcycle accident. In the early 2000, uh, 2000, what was it? When he had that, Do you remember when he had the motorcycle accident? Yeah, I think it
1: was 2003.
0: Yeah, so, and then he, he had a long layoff, like two, three year layoff, maybe even longer, and then came back. And a lot of people just, you know, from the way he... No,
1: no, actually, actually it was 2006.
0: Okay. Um, if you're thinking
1: about it, that was between, that was prior to the fight. That was after the fight against Dan Christensen. And obviously, that came before the fight he had with Brandon Schroopfer. And, uh. He was the 1FC heavyweight champion.
0: So, yeah, you know, one of those big what ifs. What would happen if he never got into that, uh, motorcycle accident? Would he have been. Would he. Would, his, would he have been one of the greatest heavyweights of all time? Would, would, would he have been able to go to Pride and, and have that, uh. Would he be able to go to Japan and, and have that fight with Fedor, uh. In pride during both their peaks. What would have happened if that motorcycle accident never happened? One of those big what-ifs, you know. But, um, yeah, you know, still still, in my book, one of the best heavyweights of all time. One of the most uh, versatile heavyweights. Uh, and also, you know, one of the few heavyweights as well that was more of a, a a grappling submission guy. The thing about the heavyweights at the time that he was coming around is that the heavyweights were the guys who knocked people out. They are the guys who, you know, brawled. That were out of shape. Well, not should say, but weren't in the best of shape. Uh, that were that, that that basically they were there to stand and bang and uh, knock somebody on the first round, but he came around and was mm-hmm. submitting guys. He submitted Tank Abbott. He submitted um, uh, was it Scott Smith? Am I think was it Scott Smith? Then, yeah, he
1: submitted. Was let's see, uh, he he didn't submit Scott Smith. He he did tap out Jeff Congo. He knocked out Luke. He he knocked out Big Nog. He knocked out and then no, he knocked out Wes Sims after getting disqualified. Well, actually, after he got disqualified, he submitted David Tank Abbott, as you mentioned. And he also knocked out Antonio Bigfoot Silva. And obviously, his last win was back on September 5, 2015, where he, much like Alistair Overeem, knocked out Todd Duffy.
0: Yeah, I, and I'm not thinking I'm, I'm not an idiot. I'm not. Why did I say Scott I said, Pete Williams with the uh, with the infamous mirror lock uh, submission. Yeah,
1: the inside shoulder lock.
0: Yeah, which has never been done. I think Shinya Aoki did a standing version at one point, but Frank Mir is the only one who in the MMA match who I think is on record doing it from the uh, from the guard position, like he did. But um, oh yes, and the infamous. Uh, uh submission of of Big Nog where Big Nog would not tap out and and he, he broke uh, broke uh, Big Nog's arm uh since he would not uh, tap out but uh yeah, yeah um long long time uh lo- long time the MMA game is now making his way to uh pro wrestling and uh is taking on Dan the Beast Severin nonetheless how do you think this match will go, Christian? When, um,
1: when it comes down to a prediction for this match, I don't want to say age is going to play a factor in this because obviously Dan Severum's going to have the experience factor going into it because, I, because he's been in professional wrestling long before. No, actually not long before Frank Mir knew how to lace up a... But obviously, when Frank Mir was still in high school, (laughs) but still, point for the matter is, although age may play a factor, I think if Frank Mir knows what he's doing, and if he submits, and if he defeats Dan Severn the same way he defeated Pete Williams, Frank Mir's name into, you know, a potential career in professional wrestling, especially if MMA doesn't work out for him anymore, and him doing commentary for this my uh, championship bullshit out in Russia, with Brian Lacey ain't going to help him, I'm pretty sure that if a win, if he gets a win over Dan Seppard, it'll pretty much get people talking about him in pro wrestling.
0: Yeah, I have to. You know, I'm a fan of both guys. Uh, you know, I know how Dan Dan Steffen, uh wrestles. We, I don't know how Frank Mir is going to approach this, but you know, I don't think Frank. I think Frank. You know, I think this is this is this is to me the most intriguing match of the night, and one the one the one I'm looking most forward to. That's not the main event. I have to say, you know, though, I think Frank Mir just. I think Frank. Frank Mir is going to tap out Dan The Beast Severin. I, th- Frank Mir, I think is just a better grappler in general. I could see Dan The Beast Severin knocking out Frank Mir, but I can't see Frank uh, the Beast submitting him. Um. As for who's stronger, as well, that's a tough. You know, Dan The Beast Severin's still sh- as strong as ever, but I think Frank Mir might be slightly stronger than him and you know standing the B seven tries to go down for a takedown um i think that that frank mir can easily uh can easily uh, uh negate those takedowns um as he's done many times in his um in his uh mma matches um i would have to go with frank mir on this i think that frank mir is just i think i think he could uh i think frank mir is going to surprise a lot of people this match that he's uh that he's he's actually a a mu- a much better pro wrestler than we might th- he's going to be a I think he's going to surprise us as a pro wrestler with it, with a with a grappling style that that is you know that he brings to MMA. I think it's going to transition very well to uh to pro wrestling. I think it really will. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to this match. I really am. If, Dan's, if Dan, I'm looking
1: forward to it too,
0: if, that'd be, if Dan, yeah. if Dan, if Dan knocks him out, though, I wouldn't be surprised. I, but you know, I just you know, I can't see it going that way at all. I don't see, I don't see Dan, Dan Severn getting a knockout of, uh, of uh, Frank Mir. Exactly.
1: Now, do you want to go over to the next match?
0: Absolutely. And for the next match that we have, uh, we have the Devious Journey, Simon Gotch who's also known as Simon Grimm, but he's advertised as Simon Gotch, which was his WWE name. Uh, so I don't know if that's a typo on their part or if that's what he's actually going under for this for this show. Taking on J.R. Kratos out of California. I believe that he's uh, yeah, he's out of. And um... now, I don't know much about J.R.
1: Kratos, but I do know a lot about Simon Grimm and obviously he's taken his newfound career the newfound approach to his wrestling career to light because he's been knowing how to do grappling work he's been involved in some North American Grappling Association tournaments well he's been Floating well, in the MLW to the point where he's basically going to be one of their top stars.
0: Same goes for Davey Boy Smith Jr. Oh, yes. You know, um, you know when when he got cut from WWE, uh, he was part of uh, the tag team. The um, oh my God, I just I forgot the Vaught villains. The Vaught villains. Uh, with uh, what was it, Adrian? What's his name? Uh, Aiden English. Aiden Aiden English. Who was and,
1: married to the daughter of Eddie Guerrero?
0: Yeah, and uh, basically, what the team was like this this like eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds strongman, you know, we're, we're we're here to beat people up type thing. And you know, they they wore like you know, you ever see those pictures and drawings of of like the strongmen with the singlets and they're holding up the barbells of one arm? That's basically what they what they look like. Um, and, and what Simon Grimm, Simon
1: reminiscence of those old talking pictures from the early 1920s. Yes, the
0: talking pictures, the talking, the the, the fast talking talking pictures as they uh, as they used to be. But yes, uh Simon Gotts, mm-hmm. Simon Gotz mm-hmm. Simon Grimm has kind of, you know, when he got cut from WWE, you kind of thought like, oh, he's going to go nowhere. You know, he wasn't, you know, a main eventer. He wasn't he was in a tag team. He was he was the, he was the, he was honestly the guy who lost in tag teams. Um but He's kind of he, he's 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 made a mold for himself as this as this gr- grappler, uh, hard hitting wrestler. Uh, yeah, and like you said, he wrestles for uh, MLW. He's done. He's wrestled for Ring of Honor, uh, and he's kind of he's found a uh, he's found he's found a, a a a style that works that he that he really works well in, and that he's really good at. And uh, he's you know. Is he, one, is he the, one of the best indie guys in the world? No, but he's definitely one of the more unique guys in the indie wrestling world. You know, while the indie guys, you know, they'll do their flips, they'll do their handstands, you know, their dives, you know. They'll try again, this is awesome chant. Simon Gotch is a lot more nuanced. He he's, he's more technical. He's a lot more deliberate. And I like that, you know. The, the, there's two, you know... There's there's too many flips and shit in, in indie wrestling. There's less there's less psychology based wrestling, and Simon Gotch definitely is one of the better guys who does achieve that that uh, sort of that sort of um that type of wrestling. Um, and I hope he brings that to this match. You know, how do you do it against a guy like JR Kratos who's who's maybe about a hundred pounds heavier than than uh than you? I don't know, but you know it's you know. It's definitely an intriguing. It's an intriguing match of the more technical guy versus the bigger, more stronger guy. And uh, speaking of the more stronger guy, let's talk about Jr. Kratos. I did look find a little bit up about him. Um, he wrestles mainly. What's the
1: particulars on him?
0: Um. Well, he's fucking huge. Um. He's he's six foot. <laughs> he's six feet, two hundred and sixty pounds. Um. He wrestles... Oh, he's out... He wrestles... His main promotion is Phoenix Pro Wrestling. Uh, one... And probably, you know, the match that you can look up about him, um, is, um, a match that he did with, uh, uh, Jeff Cobb, um, who's the current... Oh, that... That
1: probably was a hot battle. Oh, it absolutely was. least.
0: Absolutely was. You know, no flips, just fists, as a, uh, as a tag... Famous tag team used to say. Um... But yeah, uh, I believe he is the Phoenix Pro Wrestling um, uh, heavyweight champion, uh, and he has wrestled for other promotions as well. I'm just gonna get him up as well. Uh, he's still young to the wrestling to the wrestling world. Uh, he he debuted in 2012, and he seems to mostly wrestle out of the California area. Yeah, he's all he's the uh, he's wrestled for All Pro Wrestling, Gold Rush Pro Wrestling, Premier Wrestling. Supreme Pro Wrestling. He has a uh, tag team with uh, Braxton Sutter called the Book. But- no, I'm sorry. That's the uh, that's the uh, that's somebody else. who I'm thinking of. Um, he has a tag team uh, with uh, in one of the other promotions. I'm trying to remember what it was, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, he is uh, he it, he's a very big guy uh, who basically he wrestles like a like a a, a, a huge guy, and he's in. A, in the indie scene, where you know you have a lot of guys who are skinny who fly all over the place, he's definitely a guy who stands out now. You know, ten years ago he wouldn't have. He would have just been another big guy, but he stands out much more prominently now, given what the indie scene has been has transitioned to in terms of what the look of a wrestler is. Um, his his only one negative I would say is that he's very slow. He, you know, he's a guy who you can definitely, you know, if you're if you're fast and you're smart, you can see what move he does, um, uh, coming from a mile away. But if he hits that move, it's gonna hurt. So. Hell oh, yeah, it is gonna
1: hurt. It's especially a, how big he is.
0: It's a, definitely gonna be a clash of styles between, uh, between him and Simon Gotch. Um. Uh, do, you, uh, do you have a particular uh, favorite in this match, uh, Christian?
1: I think I have Simon Gotch winning. But if JR Kratos uses all of his advantages to a plus, I'm pretty sure he'll be winning that match.
0: Oh, yes. I, I definitely think he will as well. Um, I, think, I, I feel like this is also maybe his first match on the East Coast as well. Since he mostly just wrestles out of the West Coast, but if he happens, yeah, I think Simon Gotch uh, can and will win this. And if you know, if 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 Jr. does win this, though, you know, this this would probably definitely put him on the get him a lot more name recognition. So he has that going for him as well. Um, I think it'll definitely be an intriguing stylistic uh, clash, and that's what I'm looking most forward to about it. But I definitely see Simon Gotch coming away with the W, probably some probably submitting him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he better, Jr. Kratos better watch out. Uh, I mean, Scotch better watch out for those punches, or else uh, he's gonna be looking up the up the lights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, how many more matches do we got before we're done with the review of this card? Uh, we got uh about three or four more, and the next one I want to talk about this. Oof, I don't know. This one's gonna be. This one's gonna be a. This is a wacky matchup. You have. Jonathan Gresham, the octopus Jonathan Gresham, taking on Masashi Crazy Boy Takeda. Hmm. What do you now? Uh,
1: the one thing I, the one thing I've heard about Masashi Takeda is that this dude is an MMA fighter who fought mostly for the Zest promotion out of. ZS, I mean that's pronounced Zest, but it's spelled GST. I mean it's spelled ZST, what the fuck am I saying? And he fought mostly in a ring, as far as mixed martial arts goes. But still, he's also a guy who loves, I mean loves to compete in death matches. Oh yeah. I mean, like he just couldn't live without them.
0: Yeah, um, also just to give a little, uh, some other, um, of his MMA background, he also fallen deep twice as well, um, uh, yeah, he loves his death matches, if you, when you see his, um, when you see his body, you can definitely tell he's been in his, um, in his MMA mat uh, his, uh, death matches, cause he's got scarred, his entire body just scarred, scarred like hell, um. To give his MMA record, his MMA record is 11 wins, four losses, one draw. And actually, it's funny. His most recent match was on was in 2015 uh, for the ZST 49 30th anniversary show, and he won that match by a uh, first round armbar. And um, yeah, he, he a lot of these guys from Japan, you know, you wouldn't expect them to have uh, like le- a, a uh, legit uh, fighting background, but a lot of them do. They do teach them. Um, judo in high school uh and you know there, a lot of, there's a lot of pro wrestlers who who go who have prior mma experience or who do occasional mma matches um i'm not entirely sure if takeda is retired from mma but he you know without the death match he's listen there won't be any of his death match up there's going to be no light tubes there's going to be no scissors there's going to be no cinder blocks this is going to be just with hands, maybe headbutts. I don't know if headbutts are legal, but potentially they are. And and uh, leg locks, uh, knee bars, foot locks. And um, given the, I you know, I have no idea how Takeda will approach a match like this. I really don't know. I'm in, that's why I'm intrigued to see it, cause. How will Deathmatch guy approach a a submission and grappling match? It's very, it's a, it's, it's so. It, 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 I'm I'm really interested to find out about that to to see how it's how it goes. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on Masashi um, Takeda? Well, I mean, I think he's crazy for not only
1: wrestling and. I mean, not only wrestling in death matches, but fighting in MMA, and those scars not playing a factor, mm-hmm. but still, when it comes down to, you know, I mean, shit, what am I saying? When it comes down to him and his skill level, I'm pretty sure it probably means a lot, but when it comes down to him facing job depression I think that's going to be a problem because Russian, who was a former and first ever reality of wrestling champion, I mean obviously he he knows how to really show himself right off well. I mean Gresham knows how to really show off those catch wrestling skills that he developed in Japan with zero one, in in places like WXW and in the UK obviously. So I'm pretty sure that you know, Gresham's probably going to be winning this best. Now, have you heard of anything about Jonathan
0: Gresham's skill set? Oh, yes. And, in fact, actually, if you want to see how good he is, he has his own YouTube channel where he teaches uh, pro wrestling submission holds. Uh, Octopus University, he calls it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, I mostly... Wow. I saw... I, I, I used to watch him in CZW, uh, and then now he's in Ring of Honor, and that's where I've mostly seen his... His work, and also he's wrestled for New Japan as well, um, and he will probably be in their Super Juniors tournament this year. And he is, you know, uh, he's he's definitely a, a submission guy. You know, imagine imagine uh Zach Sabre Junior. But here's the thing: when Zach Sabre Junior. does his submission holds, he does it to punish his opponent. John Gresham seems to be almost like he does it to almost humiliate his opponents. Like you know, hey, I'm 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 five foot I'm five foot five. 170 pounds and look at me. I, I got you in a, in a position where you cannot move at all kind of like that and uh-huh. Jonathan Gresham is definitely, you know, he's also, you know, he's You know, this is He's a he's a guy who you know, who I look who, who usually puts on good matches Probably, you know, his best match ever was this Jay, He had a j- match of Jay lethal uh, I think it was two out of three falls or an Iron Man match uh, from last year for Ring of Honor and it was, you know, quite an amazing match. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, the only reason why I'm saying that, like, you know, I'm uh, like, I, I'm that, like, this match, this match is on my radar. But you know, it's only the only reason why I'm not so how to approach is like, how will Masashi Takeda like wrestle like this, or wrestle a wrestle match like this? Will he? Will he try exactly. to? Will he try to submit Gresham? Will he try and knock out Gresham? Will he just will he will will Jonathan Gresham try to try to submit a guy who's obviously his whole th- his whole thing is to not is to not given to pain given that he's in death matches you know ah uh, it's a it's a very intriguing matchup um but you know sometimes you know the unknown when you don't know how somebody how how somebody will will come will 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 what they'll do, that's usually, that could be their, their best asset. And you know what? I think that, uh, that's why I think Masashi Takeda has an advantage in this is that Gresham, how do you prepare for a guy who, who you see, uh, hits light tubes on other people, but you don't know how he'll, he'll what he'll do without that, without that, without those light tubes. And I think that's where Masashi Takeda, where, where he'll be, uh, that'll be his greatest advantage is that, is that you can't, how do you prepare for a guy like that? I think Masashi Takeda takes a smash. Huh. I think that
1: Jonathan Gresham would that match via Octopus Stretch. Oh. But then
0: again, I won't be surprised if Masashi Takeda puts up a fight. Oh yes, Masashi Takeda will definitely be there to put up a fight. Um, And you know, if he puts a, him in a submission hold, you know what? Don't be surprised if it takes, if he either, if, if he just passes out, or you know refuses to submit or something along those lines. But also, also there's no ring ropes in these um, in the blood sport. It's a ring, and there's turnbuckles, but there are no ropes. So the only way that you can escape a hold is by just basically trying to crawl out of the ring onto the ground, if you can even.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So, if... yeah,
1: and even then that hold will probably still be on
0: you. Exactly, exactly. Now the next match. Um, which was, will definitely not be a submission match because they got two big beefy brawlers going at each other. Now, actually, before we say who it is, Tom Waller, filthy Tom Waller, was supposed to originally be in this match, uh, taking on, um, uh, his opponent, um, Andy Williams. But unfortunately, Tom Waller, yep. And, uh, but MLW pulled them. There's a whole bunch of stuff that MLW, MLW is pulling a lot of the guys, of their guys from shows. Um, but uh, they got a replacement. They got the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson. And he, like I said, he'll be taking on the guitarist for Every Time I Die, Andy Williams. Uh, you want to talk about... Now, well, you... I've
1: heard about Andy Williams. I heard that he wrestled... At one point in time, the remix of professional wrestling Kevin Bennett. By the way, shout outs to him. I mean, I know that he hasn't really wrestled much since he went through a car accident like last year. Hopefully, he's still keeping up strong. But still, the point of the matter is, I haven't really seen Andy Williams wrestle much. But it's like every time, every clip I see him wrestling, it seems like that he's improving.
0: Oh, absolutely. So to speak. Uh, Andy Williams is. You can find. I was only able to find two two full matches of his on YouTube, and they they one was for Empire City Wrestling, and I'm forgetting the name of the other one. But they were tag matches, and uh, one of them he was in a tag team with Braxton Sutter. Oh, sorry, I remember the other the other promotion. It was Smash Wrestling from Canada. Um, mm-hmm. and um,
1: it was an Empire State Wrestling based out of Buffalo, and it was in Smash Wrestling in Toronto. Yes. And the Smash Wrestling show was where he faced off against Kevin
0: Bennett. Exactly, yes. And, um... Yeah, so, uh, Andy Williams, um... Also a singer for, uh... The band, uh, Every Time I Die. I mean, sorry, guitarist. Excuse me. Um, and, uh... Hey,
1: hey I'm pretty sure that you could sing, too. Right? Oh, yes, yes.
0: I wouldn't tell him otherwise. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, um... you
1: probably wouldn't tell him otherwise. Otherwise, he'd
0: be kicking your ass. Exactly. <laughs> um... He's a he's got a very unique look. He's got a big um I think is is that considered a handlebar mustache? He's got tattoos. He remind he's a very reminiscent of, of a wrestler from the 80s. He's got that he's got that you know that barroom brawler look. Uh, very unique looking especially in this day and age. Um and for the two matches I've seen basically yeah, he wrestles like he's in a barroom brawl. You know, he does lots of chops. He'll pick you up and break his ba- and break your back. Um he's that you 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 could definitely if he's in a tag team, he's the heavy. He's he's definitely the heavy guy. Um and uh the guy who you know who you obviously want uh to have your back. You don't wanna be on the opposite side of him. Um and um Yeah, he's definitely new. I I believe let me see when he debuted. Uh not that long ago if I remember. Uh he had his first match in twenty sixteen, I believe it was. Yeah, 2016. And, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, 2015. 2015. So that's only about three to four years of being pro wrestling. Um, but he's, you could tell he's definitely, he, he knows his shit. He knows, he knows how to move around the ring. He knows, he knows how to, how to get into his opponent's head. He knows how to, he knows how to hurt his opponents. He knows his, he's, 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 for a guy who's only, who's wrestling for that short amount of time. He definitely has, he definitely knows his shit. Um, Compared to Chris Dickinson, the Dirty Daddy, who's been around for quite a long time on the independent circuit. Um, Wrestled for uh, CZW, um, Evolve, uh, he.
1: Was also infamous for having
0: a intergender match where he threw Candice LeRae on her head. Oh uh,
1: yes, I remember that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. No, it actually it wasn't for Evolve. It was for Beyond Wrestling. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Evolve. I okay, mean, sorry. Not Beyond. Uh, Beyond Wrestling. Uh, he wrestled for Jersey All Pro, uh, A I W. Uh, he's you know he's one of those guys who's usually in the mid card uh portion of the show. Um been around since 2002, um, and, uh, yeah, he, he, I, you know, he's just one of those guys who, you know, uh, he, Northeast Wrestling Indie Promotions, he's always around, he's always on, on a lot of the shows, uh, best match he's ever, best match I think he's ever had was this match that he had with, uh, Davey Richards for CZW, um, I saw two or three years ago, um. Very more than
1: likely probably was his best match. Yeah. But yeah. I'm pretty sure he's had it better.
0: Yeah. And um he's a hard hitter. He's a guy who 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 will elbow you and elbow you and elbow you. You may say I don't want no more, but he won't pay he won't care. He'll still elbow you. And he is a, yeah. You know, these these two are going to be this is the match that that will end in a TKO or or a knockout. This ain't gonna end submission. It's gonna end with somebody's somebody's face on the ground or somebody looking up at the at the lights. And who will be doing that? I think Chris Dickinson will be putting down Andy Williams, uh, via knockouts. What do you think, Christian? Uh-huh. I think that
1: if Andy Williams can. You know, hanging tough with Chris Dickinson, he might have a chance, but I think Chris Dickinson is gonna put Andy's ass back on guitar permanently.
0: Oh yeah, uh, simple. You know, Chris Dickinson is a more experienced wrestler. Andy Williams, you know, is good. You know, his strength. You know, his strength and maybe being a little bit bigger than Chris Dickinson might help, but I don't think it's gonna. You know, Chris Dickinson has fought bigger people, uh, in his career uh and uh i think that chris dickinson can weather the the storm of Andy williams uh and can send him down to the mats um this is a definitely type of match that you know is you know i wouldn't be surprised as soon as that bell rings they just start going at each other you know i i don't i don't see this match at all being you might might see a headlock or two but i don't see any wrist locks or leg locks of going on this match at all. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Now there's one more match. We probably are gonna there's one
0: more Sorry, Christian, what was that?
1: The Phil Barrone belt.
0: Sorry Christian, what was that? Uh, you broke up
1: Yeah, like I was saying, there's one match you want to get off into, and that's the Dominic Guarini Phil Baroni bout.
0: Ah, yes, a a a classic grappler versus striker match. Um, Phil Baroni, the New York badass. Uh, won the, uh, uh I went not. He was, you know, UFC fighter, um, MMA fighter. I should say, uh, record of. I'll get it up in a second. He has a record of 12, a total of 34 MMA matches, 16 wins, 18 losses. He's also fought in kickboxing and amateur boxing. Uh, known as a guy who's, I guess, because was he one of the original shit talkers in MMA? Oh, yes,
1: most definitely. Phil Beret was at one point in time the shit talker in MMA.
0: Yeah, the time, you know it was a time when you know a lot of MMA fighters you know they were they would you know it was about you know I guess kind of respect and all that stuff. But uh, Phil Baroni, you know, uh, who also could have gone by the name of the Long Island Loudmouth, could have definitely oh actually he go oh, I, he does go by the, the nickname the poet as well, which does make sense considering how he would uh, how he would uh, uh, trash talk his opponents. Um, definitely, you know, he. Was you know before Conor McGregor before Tito Ortiz before a lot of these guys were you know you know shit talking. Phil Baroni was 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 street was just street trash talking all of his opponents. You know he would shit talk Frank Shamrock, um, Matt Lindland. He was he would just shit all over his opponent Evan Tanner. He shot he shadow all over them like that they were just just garbage. And you know he did it without any hesitation. And what, yeah,
1: but if you think about it, the Evan Tanner incident was how his ass got fired from the UFC.
0: Oh yes, when he uh when he punched us. Because a,
1: if you remember correctly, Evan Tanner had already passed away at
0: that point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you know he's not, and you know he has he has said some questionable thing questionable things as well. You know he. He did show his support for uh, War Machine after the whole War Machine uh, nearly uh, beat to death his, uh, his wife, uh, Christy Mack. So, you know, he's obviously not he's not the smartest, he's not the brightest guy in the room, but he might be the most dangerous. Yeah, I
1: mean, anybody who basically shows support towards John Copenhagen already lost my credit. But he, lost my love yeah
0: <laughs> but here's the thing as well you know just because you're not the smartest guy in the room doesn't mean that it can it also means that you might be the most dangerous and you know what that's what Phil broi is is that he's probably the most dangerous guy in this in this uh, in this matchup and sure. Dom, sure. for Dominic greeny who's a uh he uh, he's a purple belt and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and he fights. Uh, uh, he trains with the team East Coast BJJ team in uh, Canton, Ohio. Wrestles mainly for AIW, but also uh, was at was the in the uh, Bloodsport show last year where he uh, tapped out uh, Kyle the Beast. Uh, and you know, like I said, it's a classic. It's a cl- classic striker of uh, grappler being Garini and striker versus Phil Baroni. Uh, and Phil Brony himself has said that you know, that, that that the way he approaches a pro wrestling matches, he's not gonna jump off the top rope. He's not gonna do anything fancy. His his object is to is to beat beat you down until he gets the one two three. If pinballs are around, or till you st- un- or until you give up. And that is what Phil Brony will do in this match. He's going to he's going to look to, to put down Dominic Grini like he owes him money. Um, mm-hmm. While Dominic Greenie has to figure. It's gonna be figured out. How do I tap out a guy, that's just coming at me with all he's got, with all that he has? And you know, how, what am I? How do I? Get, how do I put down a guy like this? But that's that's how it's gonna be. Either Garini taps out Baroni, or Baroni knocks out Garini. And curious to know, Christian, what do you how do you think this match goes?
1: Well. Considering the fact that Veroni only had, like, I mean, considering the fact that even though baroni is probably the biggest shit talker in MMA history, not named piece P. Sonnen, and we all know what the P stands for,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, still, even though baroni is a massive shit talker, he's only got like, about two, maybe three years in professional wrestling aside from all of his experience in MMA and obviously in other forms of combat sports. Yeah. And that's where I think that Dominic Carini is going to have a huge advantage. But it's like I said, when it comes down to the Dan Seven Frank me about he's going to, I mean, obviously, Garini's going to come in with the experience advantage in professional wrestling, but I think Phil Barone, seeing the fact that this bout's not going to have any turnbuckles to jump off of, it's not going to have any distractions like ring ropes and shit, you're going to have Phil Barone probably at his most dangerous, probably at his most gruesome, probably to the point where, hey, people will have no choice. But to say that the New York badass, Phil Baroni is a worldwide badass. And that's why I think that Phil Baroni is going to probably get the win in this
0: bout. Oh, yeah. You know, I think you basically took the words right out of my my mouth. Uh, Also, just to mention as well, Dominic Garini, he competed last year in in a gi. Will he do the same thing this year? I don't know. But, you know, it's a lot easier, you know... Dominic Garini is gonna pop, is gonna pop, is gonna want to get that f- fight down the ground, and you know the only way that'll happen is if Phil Baroni tries to take him down, which I don't think I don't think he would try to, or somehow Phil Baroni f- falls into Guarini's guard or something like that, and that's a lot harder to do. Uh, so you know, yeah, Phil Baroni, I think he might just he just might knock out uh, Guarini. and you know he you know. There's nothing for him to 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 jump on to say that he's the best ever, but you know what? That might be the only way he'll climb on the top turn buckle is saying that he's the best ever after knocking out Dominic Garini. And with that, um, oh, uh, Christian? Uh,
1: yeah. Like us I, I was trying to say when it comes down to Phil Baroni, he also knows how to work over a crowd well I mean he's teamed up with Stefan Bonner as recently as two years ago to compete with professional wrestling, but obviously Stefan Bonner's had a few too many problems mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. it comes down to the last year. It'll
0: be yeah, that's the other thing. Well Phil cool. Baroni, well being that you know I know it's New Jersey, but whatever, it's close to New York. I could still I could see Phil Baroni trying to go in there and either get that crowd to either hate him or love him. You know, he can. Well,
1: they're most likely going to love him, even though it's in their back. Even though it's pretty much in the shadows of New York City, they're still going to love him. Mm hmm, mm hmm.
0: Uh. Yeah, well, if you look at also his MMA record, when he's taken on guys who were who had submission backgrounds. Well, if you look at his pride fights, when he took on, uh, uh Minawa Man or Chonin, uh, Yuki Kondo. Oh.
1: I remember when he talked about Manoa Man saying he was gonna knock his fucking mole off his head.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know when he's taking on guys who had who had a uh, submission uh, who were who were submission guys, he knocked out a lot of them. You know he lost to some of them like the Frank Shamrock, and uh, and uh, Evan Tanner. Oh, yeah.
1: Let's not let's not talk about Frank Shamrock because of what he does with animals.
0: Oh, uh, yes. And so yeah, you know. Guys who, who 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 who've tried to submit him or who who are known for his submissions, you know, they haven't always been the most successful, uh, with um, with uh, uh, Phil Brony. But you know what? Here's the thing: you always can count on Phil Brony. He's he's there to put on. He's there to. You can always say that there's never been a boring Phil Brony fight, and I think this will definitely not be a boring wrestling match. I think Phil Brony will make this incredibly exciting, while Dom, you know, Dominic Greeny is going to try. You know, he's there to win. Uh Don McCreney, you know, he's there he's there to win, but Phil Broni, you know, he's there to not only work that crowd to either get to get them to hate him or love him, but he's there to make every. he's made to make it exciting. I think this will definitely be an exciting match and with Phil Broni's hand being raised at the end.
1: Exactly. Now when it comes to no it actually, we've already talked about the seven now yeah. Now seven previous fights. I guess there's only one more thing to talk about, as oh yes, we all know it's time to talk about the Josh Barnett's Bloodsport main event.
0: <laughs> I'm so okay, excited.
1: Let us talk about. Let us talk about the main event matchup between. The War Master, the reason why we're all here to even pay attention to this show, Josh Barnett, and probably the greatest badass to ever step foot in any combat sports surface, Minoru Suzuki. Mm-hmm. You go with your analysis.
0: Okay, Minoru Suzuki. You know, for, you know, it's surprising that you know you would. Almost, I almost want to say that he needs no introduction. But unfortunately he's kind of like one of the uh, the, the forgotten fathers of MMA, founder of Pancras, uh, one of the one of the last guys to be trained uh, in that Billy Robinson uh, submission catch ca- as catch can wrestling style. He has an MMA record of he has 50 total matches to go 5 0 with 30 wins and 20 losses. 22 of those wins by submission, uh, and among his wins, uh, he has wins over Vernon White, Ken Shamrock, Maurice Smith, uh, Jason Delucia, Matt Hume, uh, Guy Metzger uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, what we talked yes. about last uh, uh last week, uh, and. He's he's also fought in uh in uh, mixed rules uh, in exhibition matches kickboxing and in tag team submission uh, wrestling. Uh, he's uh, submitted uh, he's he's one, he submitted Kao Uno and Osami Shibuya. He is he's been a, he's been around the entire block when it comes to MMA and really one of the original MMA guys. Also former of King of Pancras Openweight champion. Um, part of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame class of 2017, match of the year with AJ Styles at the G1 Climax in 2014, one of the best matches I've ever I've ever watched. Uh, Tokyo Sports MVP award winner of 2016, uh, former British heavyweight champion for for Red Pro, former GHC heavyweight champion for Pro Wrestling Noah, uh, New Japan, uh, former uh, IWGP Intercontinental Champion former Neverweight Openweight Champion, champion. former Triple Crown Champion, two-time Triple Crown Champion for All Japan Pro Wrestling. He has... And, And when it comes down to that, he's only one of the few wrestlers
1: to hold at least two parts of the Triple Crown when it comes down to Japanese pure
0: wrestling. Exactly, and if he were to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, he would be... He... Would be either I think he would be one of the few, or if not the only one to ever hold the uh uh the. He
1: would be one of the. He would be one of only three, if he were to win the IWGP Heavyweight Title, he'd be one of only three men to ever hold Japan's top pro wrestling championships. The other two being Kinsuke Sasaki and Yoshihiro Takayama, both of whom also competed in MMA.
0: Exactly. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, He was one that, you know, watched some of his MMA matches. Uh, He was one of the guys who would submit guys with scissor holes, knee bars, uh, heel hooks, bulldog chokes. He used to, you know, before it became, you know, before Gary Tonin and, you know, Ryan Hall and all these other guys were doing this stuff in MMA, he was one of the original guys who who was, they they used to call him hybrid. He was a hybrid wrestler. Uh, And one of the original guys who... Who made uh, such mo- uh, such submission holds deadly, and that once they got him on, it was it was either go home go home on a gurney or a tap out, and perhaps you know you can your, your leg or arm will get better in a week or two. One of the one of the best wrestlers in the world, one of the most unique personalities as well. Um, I've met him before. I've gone to his power driver shop in uh, in Harajuku. One of the most intimidating guys ever he may you know he's not that tall uh, of a guy he's maybe five ten, five eleven. 511 he He's
1: 510 225 pounds at 50 years old from Nishiku Yokohama Kanagawa Japan
0: and one of the guys but he's you know when you when you when you see when when you come face to face of him you can tell he's a guy who you do not want to fuck with indeed and uh regarding his opponent the the, the guy who's bringing this all together uh, the war master formerly known as the baby face assassin Josh Barnett or as they mm-hmm. or as they would say in Japan Joshu Barnetto
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, where to start with him again of the guy who needs no introduction to the MMA world. Uh... His MMA record... 43 total fights with 35 wins. 21 of those by submission. 8 losses. Uh... He's been a... He's never... He's been a... He's a former Pride Heavyweight Grand Prix runner-up. 2006. Uh... He- Strikeforce Heavyweight Grand Prix runner-up in 2013. Youngest UFC Heavyweight Champion at 24 years old. Uh... Pancreas Openweight Champion. Uh... And was able to defend it two, two successful times. Former, uh, the current Meta- Metamorphosis Heavyweight Champion de- by defeating Ry- Ryron- Hyron Gracie uh, has defeated s- such people in MMA as Dan Severin, Randy Couture, Semi Schilt, Yuki Kondo, uh, Mark Hunt, Noguera, Pedro Rizzo, uh, Frank Meir. Roy Nelson, Arlovski, Jeff Monson, Gilbert Ivel, uh Alexander Amelienko. Uh, the list goes on. He has a submission grappling record.
1: Basically, he's beat a pool of names.
0: Exactly.
1: Not only in pro, not only in pro not only in MMA, but also in pro wrestling too. Let's Ex- be real.
0: Exactly yes so, you know submission grappling his most famous win comes with uh beating Dean Lister you know who at one time was you could say was the best American uh, Brazilian jiu jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, practitioner um, former Pride fighter as well um, and he managed to tap him out with scarf chokehold I think that that Josh Barnett had a uh, had a weight advantage over him but that still didn't matter you know. Uh, Gordon Ryan was able to tap out, uh, Josh Barnett, despite their weight disadvantage. Um, yeah, you know, one, again, you know, one of the original MMA guys who, you know, who came at a time when heavyweights were not doing submission holds. Um, he was tapping out guys when, when heavyweights were still known as the guys who were, you know, let's brawl till one of us gets knocked out in the first round. Um, he never really, he never really was a, uh, he never really was a stand-up guy. He was always a guy who he wanted to take those fights to the ground. When those fights were 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 on were standing up, they just, you know, it never went his way. Um, you know, as you know, was able to beat him three times. Uh, you know, uh, able to withstand his the uh, the his. Uh, Josh Barnett's grappling. Pedro Rizzo, one of the most famous knockouts of all time. at USC thirty, uh, knocked out uh, uh, Josh Barnett. Um, yeah, but regardless, you know, one of the guys whose you know submission background is is unpower unparalleled, unparalleled, and pro- probably has you know has earned you know is you know has definitely earned you know. His name in a uh, MMA Hall of Fame or UFC Hall of Fame, uh, which will hope hap- hopefully happen sooner rather than later. But also, he's also a uh, a a pro wrestler. Uh, and in fact, actually, was trained. He was more of a was more of a bro- pro wrestling guy than MMA guy. Uh, and he's you know he started off you know well, he didn't start off, but he. Eventually, when uh, he uh, when he left the UFC, uh, he when well, he started out in Panc- uh, when he left the UFC, he went to Pancras, which started uh, and then Pride, yeah. and then made his way to New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, where he had a uh, he he wrestled Eugene Nagata for the of tag team of Perry. If Sa- I remember correctly,
1: if I remember correctly, in his New Japan Pro Wrestling debut, which was in 2004, January 4th, 2004, at the Tokyo Dome, he made his debut with the fucking UFC belt around his
0: waist. Oh, probably, probably. Uh, He's also fought Ken Shamrock in, in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, He's, fought, he's wrestled. To
1: mention he's all like, I mean, if I remember correctly, didn't he also fight him in MMA? Oh, yeah. It was that pro wrestling match the only time they ever faced off against
0: him? Um. No, I think I think that pro wrestling match was the only time those two ever encountered each other, um, in, in at least New Japan, yeah. um, and uh, also wrestled for the Inoki Genome Federation. Also, briefly had a brief mm-hmm. brief brief time in T N A wrestling. Oh, um,
1: uh, yes. When it was found out that he won the TNA title, but then lost the TNA World title to Bobby Lashley,
0: I have no idea. Yeah, that something, was
1: some bullshit. Stuff along those lines. I mean, yeah, that was some bullshit.
0: Um, also a uh, a he, a metalhead and and video and and video gamer. Ah um,
1: uh, yes, I mean when it comes down to his entrance music, he always comes out to Bulldog.
0: Exactly um and definitely one, a very outspoken guy in uh if you ever li- oh, go to his twitter account or listen to him on the on the on Joe Rogan um but also you know i think it, I, he, he you know I, I have a lot of respect for him because he's a guy he's an mma guy who understands what pro wrestling is about if you remember his match against uh, roy nelson that they had at the famous saitama super arena uh for ufc fight night mm-hmm. Uh, after uh, after uh, Josh Barnett uh, went to decision uh, got the decision win, he said in Japanese, uh, "Pro wrestling is strong," and yep. exactly what he said. that is what this entire show is about is showing how strong pro wrestling is. That pro wrestling isn't just about how many flips some guys can do, how how many super kicks can be done, you know. Gay, the crowd, the challenge, this is wrestling, or this is awesome. That pro wrestling at one point was considered a, 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 a legitimate contest. And that it had the feeling of it. This is what Jim Cornette talks about a lot as well. That, you know, wrestling used to be taken seriously. Now it's not. Now it's a circus. Now it, now it's a freak show. Now it's, you know, it's seen, you know, horn yeah, sw-
1: Now it's basically... Priscilla Kelly and Joey Ryan doing a bunch of sick shit to each other. And
0: here's the thing: there is room for that. The problem is that I that you know, well, there's. I think that there's too much of that. And when there's too much of that, then everybody tries to copy that. And so you know, then every then none of that Mm -hmm. stuff is special. And you know, there. A lot of
1: times they copy that shit for the worst of reasons.
0: Exactly. And one of the things about uh. You know what makes this show unique? UW uh, is UWFI pancreas. It's pancreas shoot style. You know there really is no shoot style promotions anymore. Not even New Japan doesn't even. You know there's there's shoot style wrestlers, um, but there's really no there's no promotion that says okay matches cannot end in pin. They can only re- end in a and end in a draw, knockout, or submission. Because as wrestling fans, we've been conditioned. That every match has to have super kicks. Every match has to have dies. Every match has gotta has gotta have a no sell spot. Every match has gotta has gotta has gotta have these 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 cliches and tropes. And that you know if they don't you know if don't you know if if your match doesn't have them then then your match is boring or it's it, it, it's 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 dry or or you know some bullshit like that. And that and this is what. You know, this is the perfect main event, because you have the two. You basically have uh, the founder of what uh, uh, the, the original founder of what this this whole shoot style catch wrestling style was, Minoru Suzuki. And then you have Josh Barnett, who helped, who's helping to con- continue this tradition. You know, with 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 this show. And also the way that he wrestles as a, as a pro wrestler. And mm-hmm. you, this is, yeah, like I said, this is the best main, The this is the perfect main event that you can have. It's basically, it's almost, it's almost teacher and student stuff. It's almost teacher facing the students.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, and then, by the way, a little cliff note there. I mentioned that Josh Barnett's New Japan Pro Wrestling debut was in 2004, and, wrong. it was... It was back on May second, two thousand three, oh. when he knocked out Jimmy the Titan Ambrose via knee, via TKO, knee and punches, three minutes five seconds of round number one, at the New Japan Pro Wrestling Ultimate Crush Show.
0: Okay, so uh, you know that was an era of New Japan. When, you know a lot of people call that Inokiism, and there's a lot of people who like Inokiism, and there's a lot of people who don't like it, and. I think that Enochism has its positives and its negatives. Problem is, not, ev- not everybody can do a shoot-style match. S- some people are great at it, other people are not. I would not want to see the Young Bucks... I don't want to see the Young Bucks doing shoot-style. That is not their thing.
1: Yeah, shit, because if they were to have done a shoot-style thing, they would easily be walking around limping.
0: Exactly. You know, someone like Josh Barnett or Akatsuyori Shibata, Minoru Suzuki, Don Fry, uh, Nayora Ogawa, uh, Shinya Hashimoto to a degree, Yuji Nagata as well, these guys knew how 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 to do that style pretty well, but then when you have people like Masahiro Chono, uh, and, you know, other wrestlers who just, you know, that's just not how they are, you know, it, it, it doesn't look, it doesn't look like it's, the it doesn't look, it doesn't look effective. The moves don't look effective at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, regarding this match, I'm excited for this match. This match is going to be great. I've seen Josh Barnett wrestle well, a few times on, on YouTube. He's he's good. He's very good. And we Noro Suzuki, you know, Noro Suzuki definitely, you know, I know how he wrestles. How do you think this match will go, Christian?
1: I think it's going to be a knockdown, drag out brawl. I think it's going to be these two just going toe-to-toe, seeing who can top who for the best move. But I also think that it's going to be a match where submission wrestling will definitely play a
0: huge part. Oh yes. So I think that when it comes down to who's gonna win,
1: when I think who's gonna win that match, I have a slight feeling that I'm gonna lean a little bit toward Mino Suzuki.
0: Hmm. I think you know submission is the name of the game for this match. We're going to see. We're gonna to see toe holds. We're gonna to see ankle locks. We're gonna see wrist locks. We're gonna see cravats. We're gonna. Well, you know, maybe we'll see some slaps, you know, or chops, but I think this is going to, this is going to, this is going to go to the ground a lot and it's going to end on the ground. I think, and I think that Minoru Suzuki being the more experienced, the slightly more experienced guy, the more, the, the more, the more, I I would say is he, I think he's going to weather the Josh Barnett storm. I think, I think War Master will come in there for a fight. But, I think that Minoru Suzuki will just we'll, we'll edge him out in this, in, this, uh, in this matchup. Though, you know what? I, I wouldn't even be surprised. If this wouldn't, it. if this were to go to a draw, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be upset. Because both these guys know their shit. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes people who just know what they... Just, you know, who are mirror images of each other... You know what? Sometimes just nothing. You know, nothing gets ahead, and sometimes it just goes to a draw.
1: And plus, you would be happy that at least you got the chance to see them exactly live.
0: Exactly, yeah. Uh, but you know, I think this this overall car is gonna be. I think it's, this is this is gonna be the show to watch for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, the WrestleMania week. That was my. It was Matt Riddle's Bloodsport was my favorite show last year. It was only two and a half hours. All the other shows were going like five, six hours, absurd amount of time. This show, I, I think, will probably be about the same. And I think, you know, it's going to be different from all the other shows. And I hope that people can, I hope that wrestling fans can appreciate a match like this. Especially because we don't see it that often, if at all. At least here in America. Mm-hmm. And but uh, unfortunately, for those that want to attend the show, the show is sold out. So the only way you can watch it is on uh, Fight TV. But you can watch it on the
1: fight. You can watch it on Fight TV and the Fight TV app.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, which I think is for fourteen dollars and ninety-nine cents, or how many ever, you know, you can get it for how many credits, uh, twenty or whatever it is. Um, it'll also be part of a uh, package of mat of other shows with the Game Changer promotions, uh, The Collective, which includes, I think, the, the Joey Janela show, uh, a few of the other shows, I can't remember them off the top of my head, um, but if you want to see the pa- get get the full package, which I think is $170 total, uh, go ahead and do that, but if you just want to get the show by itself, um, it'll be Thursday, April, uh, April 3rd,
1: It'll be April
0: third to April sixth. Yes, uh, for that package, with well, the Josh Barnett Bloodsport show being April third at four PM, and it'll be from the uh the uh Jersey uh it'll White be from
1: the White Eagle Hall in Jersey City,
0: New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey City, New Jersey. I can't wait to travel there. Um, but if anyone's there, more than welcome to say hi. Um, if you find me in the audience, but that is a. Uh, That is Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. I cannot wait for this show. I'm so excited. I really am. I'm so excited for this show. How about you, Christian? I
1: can't wait for it either. I can't wait. I mean, I'm going to try and find a way to watch it if I can't watch it on fight. (laughs) But still, that's just about enough of time. That's just about enough of the time we have... I mean, wow, we have been talking for a little over three hours, and we've pretty much excited ourselves. Exactly. You know, i have talking about what's to come and what has happened.
0: And hopefully, hopefully the audience will, will, will tune into it as well. I know that MMA fans can sometimes thumb their nose at pro wrestling, but this will be a different show. This is a type of show that, that, that you won't be embarrassed to watch or have other people. This is not your typical pro wrestling on Monday Night Raw. Okay, this isn't your this isn't flippy doodle shit with Dog the Clown or anything like that. This is gonna be as close to an MMA uh j MMA J-MMA type thing that you can that you can uh, watch. And I hope that I hope that people MMA fans that tune in can appreciate it, uh for how for the what the show will be about. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and to be honest,
1: if people still have a problem with shoot-style professional wrestling after this show, maybe they should go in the ring for the 2020 version of the blood sports show, and maybe they could get their asses handed to them by Josh Barnett themselves.
0: I would not, I would certainly not recommend that, but if they want to do that, they can go right ahead. And of course, we'll be having a, a full review of the show um, on our next, on our, when we, when we uh, have a talk next time and um we'll definitely be talking about some of the rising confession shows uh that are there are being uploaded as well as uh i hopefully the entire card will be announced by then so you know uh i don't know so in we're...
1: addition to doing a bloodsport preview we'll probably be doing at that time horizon a horizon a 15 re- in addition to doing a bloodsport review we can also do a Ryzen 15 preview.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, you know, if anything happens with one, you know, any fighters going there, you know, we can definitely talk about that. And, uh, you know... Oh,
1: exactly, but I doubt that shit will happen.
0: Any, anything, any other deaths in J M M A or whatever, um, or any other big news, we'll definitely have up. But uh, that's all we have for today. Christian... I think it's time that we plug where people can reach us.
1: Well, for me personally, you can reach out to me on Twitter at ChrisGary92. And as far as Focus Fights, we cover the entire world MMA scene, the MMA, the fight scenes of the U.S., U.K., Japan, South Korea, basically all over the world. will be emphasized, and you can check out our website for more info, focusfights.com, or you can follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. We need more Facebook like, ah, uh, damn it, what am I trying to say? We need more people to enjoy us on Facebook just as much as you would enjoy us on Twitter on facebook.com slash focusfights and on Twitter at focusfights. Yes. Now, what about you? I know you want to talk about the We Are Rising podcast, which is available on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And I know there's going to be a bunch of interviews that you're going to be putting up over the next few weeks, but you don't want to talk about them.
0: Yeah, I don't want to jinx it. Just, you know, hope people can look forward to them. And uh, if you want to follow the We Are Rising podcast Twitter account, you can do that at We Are Rising Pod. If you want to follow my personal account, it is at Abenja1. And along with being on Stitcher and SoundCloud, uh, we're going to have one of the interviews uploaded to uh, the We Are Ryzen podcast YouTube channel. Uh, Oh, and uh,
1: speaking of which, speaking of which, they can also see your Ken Hasegawa interview.
0: Ah, yes, uh, Ken Hasegawa, who will be fighting later tonight uh, for one FC uh, for the middleweight championship, taking on the Burmese Python, Anwong San. Uh, that's available at mmasucker.com along with my interview with Mizuki Inoue who will be in the upcoming Invicta uh, flyweight tournament uh, for, uh, I don't think they, they decide what they champion, what the, if it's for the championship contendership or what, what the winner will get, but, uh, they're having a lot of... Well,
1: actually, actually, when it comes down to that, it's going to be a one-night special flyweight tournament. It's, it's going to be the Phoenix Rising Flyweight Tournament.
0: Yes. Uh, That's
1: something, that is, I think, what Invicta is going to be doing is, with these divisions that they have, they're going to find, they're going to weed up top contenders from bottom pretenders, so to speak.
0: Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm going to write some more, I'm going to probably have a a full written preview of the, uh, of the, uh, Bloodsport Show for MMA sucker along with some written interviews that, uh, that are in the works as well. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming up, um, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. Uh, anything else you want to say, Christian?
1: Well, I mean, and I'm just stalling time because this YouTube video is still uh, but still, when it comes down to our little soiree we had, we had some great calls, well actually, we didn't really have some great calls, we just had one great call, and that was from Joseph Matos. we had some great conversation when it comes down to these fights, and all these happenings that have been going on in the combat sports landscape, and you know, maybe we should do more of these shooting the shit shows. A little
0: bit often, to be honest with you. If we don't have any... I mean, if we have anything to talk about, that is... Ah, uh, there's always, um... There will always be stuff to talk about there. That that's J-MMA. That may not directed to be related to Ryzen, but it will always be part of the Asian mixed martial arts or j scene. So there's always stuff to talk about. And just other topics that always, uh... That just, you know, permeate the MMA, uh... I guess, uh... Discussion bubble. So there's always stuff to talk yeah, about.
1: exactly. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, I just hope that we'll get more of an opportunity to do these shows. I mean, obviously we're going to have the upcoming... I mean, we're going to have reviews on Bloodsport, and obviously we're going to have a preview and review on the upcoming Rising Card that's going to be... Taking
0: place, mm-hmm. so I'm
1: definitely going to be looking forward to
0: that. And we'll definitely talk about that quintet uh, show um, if I get if we get a chance to watch it as well. Um,
1: well, if one of us does, anyway. Yeah,
0: I'll try to, but I can't promise you know as well that uh you know regardless of how you feel about one, that is an incredibly important show. You never if some things go you know some things may go on on that show and. It just might, you know, we might just have to talk about it. Seeing where one goes in the future in terms of uh, permeating the Japanese MMA market. I
1: mean, I'm most definitely going to be looking forward to that. We're going to be looking forward to any and all. Definitely without a shadow of a doubt. Um, still, man. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would first. Ah, damn, what am I trying to say? Because I know I'm just pressing for time trying to get this fucking YouTube video up, but hey. Well, so, thank you for enjoying the sights and sounds uh, some great combat sports conversation with us. We are glad you are a part of the Ryzen Fan Nation, and we are equally thankful. That you are joining us and that you have always joined us and supported us right here on the We Are Rising podcast.
0: Yes, always appreciate uh, the support. And, you yep.
1: know, I'm uh, you know, excite you and spite you, but I'm really just talking out of my head
0: sorry Christian I lost you uh oh well we lost Christian well I think that this will be a good way to end the podcast uh thank you again for listening uh for Jay, Christian Gary at focus Fights hey, can you hear me? oh I was just about to I was can just about to me? yes I can hear you I was just about to sign off because I thought I lost you
1: you motherfucker, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, and I just, I mean, it's just crazy to me, because I'm trying to, I'm trying so damn desperate to close this fucking show out, but you almost closed it out for me, <laughs> ah. but still, point of the matter is, when it comes down to, when it comes down to rising, we are equally thankful that you are joining us no, we're equally thankful that you guys have joined us. When it comes down to the show, and you can probably edit all this shit out, edit all this shit out later. <laughs> but we are especially thankful that you are. I mean, we are especially thankful that you guys have found other ways to spend your weekday or weekend or however you want to say it with us, instead of just listening to the regular old dribble and bullshit that's going on in the combat sports world.
0: Anything else, Christian? Andrew, you there? Yep, I'm here. Anything else that you want to say?
1: Man, if I can, if I can get this shit out real quick, hold on a second. If I can get this shit out, that will be my last thing to say. But still, man. Well, maybe. I, I mean, I'm just hyped for this upcoming card. I'm just hyped for this upcoming Ryzen card, and I'm. I'm I'm gonna be hyped. that We're even gonna get a chance to talk about it, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with with that, Christian, I think we should uh, head out now. I think we'll we'll save we'll save what you want to play for the next cast. Okay. Uh, damn. But alas,
1: I mean, I know you want to close it out just as much as I do. I'm about to go ahead and close it out myself. But alas, we must bid y'all adieu. And with that, we thank you for listening to our podcast. See y'all later.
0: (laughs) Take care. Take care, everybody.